I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! Oh, the, sure. the fine, the fine esteemed humans in the call allow me to put forward exhibit Cyberpunk. <laughs> ah, <laughs> on, on PS4 and Xbox One. I have not Hatch. played it. Looks like Hats it plays like and, uh, yeah, it plays like Doink. It plays like like I mean it. it so I haven't touched like Doink. Like fucking <laughs> Doink. I haven't touched it since December 2020, which was. 10 months ago. So, and I haven't checked out any of the updates or anything that they did. I don't think I got excessively far in the story. Because, like, other better games came across my table, you know, and I decided to play those yeah. instead. Um, yeah. And, but the the thing that really struck me was that, like, the city, Night City, which, like, come on, did you want to get home for dinner at 5? Like, Night City? Night City you it's fucking empty like there's no people there's no cars it's the it feels like i'm playing a fucking fallout game but the premise of fallout is that everyone died (laughs) the premise of fallout (laughs) is that bombs blew everyone up so that's why it's really empty in las vegas but when you're in the bustling metropolis of night city and i can drive for five minutes without hitting a car like i mean damn video game um it's so bizarre because like also have you grand seen theft the auto picture? has had cars in a game for a long time we figured the technology out <laughs> yeah it's, it's we hit new. this breakthrough it'd be like if you have released you a the... car without a steering wheel and it's like guys we figured that technology out we yeah. we nailed this one sorry good have you seen the difference between the playstation 4 version and the xbox version of what because of like cyberpunk? cyberpunk people on the street i buy it which is on fucking xbox? weird yeah, because they're ostensibly the same systems, but <sighs> anyway, we don't said... talk about video games with this kind of granularity. It's just wild to me <laughs> that that game came from a studio that was, that made fucking Witcher and took just the biggest pile of shit uh, because their because their yeah. shareholders were like, "Do what we say," and everyone was like, "That's not let's let's not." And they were like, "No, do it." I think okay. Now I'm not discounting anyone's hard work here. Because I understand that making truly any piece of art is truly a labor, and often a labor that involves many, many different people sacrificing many hours and much of their creative juice into, right? I understand that. And I have never personally made a video game. That is not something I have done. It is so outside the scope of something that I am capable of, right? However, I will say that of the three Witcher games and one cyberpunk game, one of those games is good. So I think maybe... There was just like a fluke where they made this really cool game. I think That's a good point. They, I think they just kind of, you know, when you like, I don't know, see a great movie and then everything else that director makes is garbage, and you're like, okay, you just kind of, you just fell into this one. You just, <laughs> you just kind of, you slipped and you to fell into clear, a so good I, game. To be clear, you're saying the the one good game that 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 company is Witcher made, Three. Witcher Three. Witcher is 3. Witcher okay. Three. As someone who yeah. has played, that is on my list of, of games them. to play. But I'm also, also I'm also realizing I can only play one game at a time. 
Is that is that something y'all do too? Like I if oh, if I try and play two games at no. once, I'm like I can't do it. No, uh, I, I wish I could play one game at a time, but I can't. I about it depends because like if a game really gets me, then I'm mm-hmm. in and that's all I play. Like that those those just like perfect rare occasions where like Hades comes out and everything that I've yeah. been playing goes on pause because Hades came out. And, like, I am doing that again on a replay of Hades on the PS4. I'm, like, I'm I'm as in as I was when it came out a year ago, right? Yeah, it just sucks you by the ear. It just sucks me right back in. It's the same thing when I play, like, Mass Effect 2 or Saints Row 4, like, any of my faves. It's, like, they just suck me back in instantly. But, yeah. no, but especially because, like, I have a Switch, I have a PlayStation 4, I have, so, like, I kind of will bounce between a few a few games at a, at a time. I made the unfortunate decision, like, four years after realizing I really fucked with games. Maybe not. No, it was senior year to sophomore year. So, two years after realizing, like, I love video games. Brief side history of Caleb and video games. My mom, my, I, I didn't get an Xbox 360 until my buddy gave me his in 2010 so it was like five years after the system was out uh four years after the system was out and then Mm. since then i've bought every new xbox the day it comes out and have a gaming pc and have a playstation and now i write about games and the the crux of this story is that i spent uh the first two years of my life uh in games being like oh shit i really like these and then two years later it was like i should make this my job and I know in no way regret that, but it has meant largely that like when the fall comes out, I've become a very stressed out um, mess of a person who's like, okay, for instance, Sable came out a week and a half ago. I'm about 10 hours into that and trying to finish it. I got code for Jet the Far Shore, which is the new game by the Super Brothers who made Sword and Sorcery. Uh, and I've got to play that, but that's my PC, so I couldn't play it this week. And then Far Cry 6 came out on Friday, and I'm trying to get through that. Back for Blood came out last night, and I'm going to start playing that. And then next week, you know what I mean? Like, so, Caleb Jace, is... I, wish, I wish I could play a game, but instead <laughs> I've got, like, I've got this just list. You're on the assignment. Fall, the fall is, it, it, yeah, the fall is a nightmare. I literally, for those of you listening, thinking this is a joke, I literally tell my wife around the first week of October, like, the next few months are going to be tough and at this point because we've been together long enough she's like yeah i know um but that will mean that like two or three nights out of the week i'm like all right i'm just gonna be downstairs and i'm continuing what i've been doing all day so that i can like have things to talk about write about make content about yeah if you love games and you love the experience of games and you love experiencing them the way you are never write about them <laughs> and that sounds really negative I no i really but i negative. get what you're saying it's i mean i feel the same way like as someone that like my 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 trade is typically musical theater or music you know singing making music and sure do you I, go watch the play and just enjoy it for the sake of enjoying it or are you constantly like mm, well, i mean it's impossible mm. for me to go see a show and not have in-depth thoughts about it like i can't just be like yeah. fluff let me just take it in I mean, if I enjoy, but at the same time, I'm also enjoying that. It's a little bit different because I'm not doing. It's not that same kind of time commitment or crunch. It's like sit down for two hours and you're set, and I can kind of do sure. with that what I want. Sure, yeah. But not, I'm also thinking like when then right, or then when people are starting to say like, "Hey, this thing that you like, do it in another way." Like people are like, "Oh, come do karaoke." I'm like, "Ew, no." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not doing that. People are like you do you like music you like singing, you like musical theater. I'm like, I write songs, I like singing, I don't like karaoke. And I get so much shade for it. But like I, it's and of course this is a false equivalency as well. But yeah, I get what you're saying. When you start doing stuff for other reasons or other motivations come in, it kinda of takes away from that. I mostly though with games was referring to the fact that like Narratively, I can't keep track of more than one thing. <laughs> oh, I oh, understand oh. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. And I don't understand that. Who is this person again? Why did I do that? And God forbid I forget to do a side quest, and then I go back. And I'm like, let me just do this, but like it's half, like it's three. You four forgot. Weeks later. You got the setup twenty hours of game ago, and the uh-huh. side quest does not remind you of and the setup. So you're like, what am I? Day that I did, I went back really? and I was like, let me just go through these like super early side quests that I didn't do. Let me just try and boost up my XP a little bit. And then someone goes, and then I finally go back and I find the thing that they were looking for. And all of a sudden, this character pops up behind me, and she goes, "Sorry, I was following you." And I went into like that shit like earlier like wait hold on or <laughs> only in the context of this quest oh, yeah. or like how long <laughs> yeah really that's that's several times from co- massive monsters and you're just like i follow I, it was so silly but it was- i have <laughs> i have realized recently that at like at the tender age of going on 29 my facility to remember the internal logic and consistency and events of like a fictional universe is like full like i cannot (laughs) i am at capacity so like you know like x-men takes up you know this much of me and then like community (laughs) and you know the witcher universe and like all these things like i'm full and so like if you want me to get into the lore of whatever you're pitching me that's fine but i do have to like cast something knowingly cast something away i have to throw bing bong down the hole you know what i mean like i i have to forget something (laughs) or or i'm i'm full you gotta make gotta make room i mean also the other thing for me is like look (laughs) this was the worst i think i was doing i was my roommate was like, do you have Fortnite? And I was like, no. And they were like, you should get Fortnite. I was like, fine. And so then we play as like duos. And that's fun because I get to play with another queer person and not have to worry about the fact that there's some eight-year-old probably yelling slurs at me on the other <laughs> side because I can't hear them. But Oh, like, yeah. That's the secret. You can't, you don't I'm listen like, to anybody. I'm not online with Fortnite ever. That's Put on like your the favorite like, podcast but or like, just like just some jams. Two of us and just as a team, it's fun as hell but i would do that and then i would go back to uncharted and i would go to shoot and i would kill myself because the you forgot which one like fire and then all of a sudden i would just drop a grenade in my lap and i'd be like well this sucks and like that's the other part if i go from game to game i'm like how do i yeah i'm passing legislation that says that all shooters to me with is actually spider-man because the second Spider-Man came up, I was like, I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> it was it's like, a, I was like, I'm swinging and I'm. It's a Linux reliving. system. I know this. I, yeah. yeah, it's it's. It's like I was born fun. to be this. I was, like this. It's like it's with, in my blood. With great power. Um, I was talking with my friend Sam recently, and we both agree that like movie franchises need a previously on. Like, if you are going to be a movie franchise with like. <laughs> story that carries over from movie like i just saw no time to die the the most recent james bond film yeah um and i uh i quite liked it it was my third favorite of the craig bonds um that said i i 
I did only see three of them. Um, okay. <laughs> so I missed I missed the ones that everyone thinks are bad. Because I'm not such a James Bond guy that I have to see oh, every so new James skipped, Bond. You skipped Quantum and, and Spectre. And Spectre, exactly. And I think I made ah, the right call. Good. But I did good, sit good, down good. for No Time to Die. And I was like, who's this no lady? Great. What's going on? I really enjoyed it. Had a good time. But, who, but, who, but if you haven't watched one in years, you're like, who the fuck but who's is this? Lady? And like, okay, let's say I did see Spectre when it came out in fucking 2016 or whatever. Yeah, that's so fucking five years ago. Let's, can you, <laughs> yeah. can just like... Here, put because like you well, know see, I normally like, say make it, it like not to not to get back into this whole thing, uh, but like literally Marvel has started doing this thing on their Disney Plus where they're like, all right, let's just the Marvel Legends little thing uh, where they do like eight minutes of like here's what you need to know about this character. Let's say <laughs> yeah, you miss like, entry like, or God forbid so you haven't movies now, and they are starting yeah. to overlap. They they've started like making their own little niche content with it, but no, I agree. If it's a big franchise, what the hell happened? Yeah, what, like, okay, also, let's say... it should be let's common say... practice. I'm talking with, like, even, like, older TV shows, uh-huh. right? Like, so mm-hmm. I'm watching True Blood right now, which is yeah. a trip. It is an absolute... Cheers. ...campy romp of a time. It's so much fun um, and so stupid in the best way. And, it, like, you, if you take any time between previous season and the next season, it's it just, it literally drops you right back where you left off and gives you like I was I was like hold on I just watched this like a week ago and I forget what had happened like I had to go back and watch one of those fan made <laughs> recap videos on YouTube right. like season two recap some it's, uh, it's it's crazy it is bananas it's, and it's yeah. like okay let's say for the sake of argument that I did see Spectre but again let's say I saw it three fucking years ago can you give me just like a little. <laughs> reminder of what happened because i i think they're overestimating how many times we're watching movies and this is not specific to james bond they're like oh we're in the streaming era people will know and i'm like no i didn't go back and rewatch the craig franchise before this i watched (laughs) casino royale for the hundredth time a few months ago and then like that was it like let's pretend that like i have i live a life let's pretend that like i have a life outside of remembering the core lore of your franchise just like a little (laughs) just like a little catch me up i mean i'm thinking back to when i uh, so when you know when f9 was coming out i embarked on a similar journey to you kevin where i also was like let me watch all of these let me binge the entire franchise uh, including hobbs and shaw give me all of it universe for for the fcu Um, fast and fear fear universe fast the the fu the fast universe (laughs) fu the fu I literally, I'm like, okay, got it. I have seen all these movies. And then I watch F9 and I go, wait, who the fuck is this? Wait, which one's And this? I just watched them too. And I was What's like, wait, on? hold on. Mm-hmm. And I, why am I confused? Even franchises I like. I would love if I walked into Mission Impossible 7, even though, yes, I'm going to rewatch a lot of those movies before it comes out. I would love if it opened with like a previously on <laughs> Mission Impossible. Yeah. And, uh, you missed a lot? Yeah. Please! Please! Yeah. Give me just like a little catch up. Because like TV was smart and it started doing that when it was like there's important stuff you need to know so they're like previously on Lost and they tell you fucking here's what you need to know for this episode of Lost. You know? It'd be great yeah. if you could just like throw that in. Make it the opening credits. It's, it's the first page in almost every single Marvel comic book made after 
That's right. Specific. They have a little refresher. They're like, here's, it's two paragraphs. It's, here is the premise of the book that you were reading. It's, I'm thinking of the Matt is... Fraction FF Fantastic Four, where they literally give you at the beginning of each in issue four bullet points. They're like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that is, that is <laughs> company wide. That is, that is a Marvel right. mandate. And I know it's a company wide because DC doesn't do this. But every Marvel comic you open, maybe it's not like the first page, maybe it's like a couple pages in, they give you like a cold open or something, but there's like, here is a paragraph describing the premise of this book or the premise of our main character. The second paragraph is, here is the relevant story information from the previous issues. It's, it's crisp. It fucking, it's, it's, and it works. And And like, like, the thing is, I mean, I only consume DC Comics material in like the trade paperback form mm-hmm. like i'm not do you think that we will get something like that when the new saga comes out next year they fucking Wait, be back yeah they finally oh, yeah. announced they... that it's actually coming back they... it's <laughs> coming back now i have they to catch the, up they showed, Ooh, the cover, they showed the cover and said it's coming in february or something like that. yeah <gasps> yeah so like after a solid three or four years uh, they I mean, were like, they we're like 18 break. months off. Like, wow. And they took four years off. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we'll be back in like six months. Lol. They're <laughs> uh, like, hey, there's this whole Donald Trump thing. We need to take a break for a minute. And they're like, he's gone. It's I mean, not they, great. Well, that was like a pattern. There, per se, but. They did that every they time. Are, they both got hella busy too so yeah well they no, I, they they would do that every time with saga where they put out five or six issues then the trade came out and they took a little time off for like people to get caught up with the trade so, so they took a little time off so they could spend off all that fucking money they made yeah exactly or like fiona staples could like dip their fucking hands in like an ice <laughs> bucket and just like oh god oh fuck um, blow out the fire that's on their fingertips yeah no yeah exactly the 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 uh, churn and grind of making the most popular comic book. Bar. I gotta, I gotta get back into those. Those because a lot of shit goes down in those. I don't even think I'm up to date. Actually, I think I kind of. Yeah, actually, so speaking of previously ons, I would like take six months off between saga trades and then like open up a new trade and be like, I gotta reread these fuckers. I don't know what's going. On. I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. So especially now that it's been like four years, I'm like. I guess I'm rereading nine trades of I Saga. I guess that's what I'm doing. I'm reading 116 issues of this comic book. I yeah. regret nothing. Um, I mean, it is some good shit. It's good shit. Hey, hey, folks out there in listener land, read Saga. <laughs> read Saga. Um, yeah. It's good as hell. <laughs> it's, it's, it's shockingly good. And also the first trade's like 10 bucks. I You have $10. No, it's really... It's, we talked about this. It's like one of the smartest. Days. It's like the first trade is cheaper than the rest of them. It is it's so smart. Thing. Yeah, it's, it's like not well, just image anymore, but image started it, and everyone's like, "That's smart." Oh, people buy their books, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Image seems to be making a lot of money off of this concept. Well, it's also because image makes good books. Like, well, you know, you got me there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, as far as like some of the the bigger names in comic books. If we were to image. inventory the shelf behind me, most of them are image books. You you do indeed yeah. got me there. <laughs> you might might have. I'm gonna guess you've probably got two, maybe three Dark Horse. If we're pushing it, I know they're you've got a all shit Hellboy. ton. Of yeah, yep. they're all. See, there it is. All okay. my Dark Horse are Hellboy. 
Um, I have a little. Oh, let's see here. You know, there's some. X Men collection doesn't count. Yeah, That's the X Men collection doesn't count. I have a few Marvels that are not X Men. I have a couple DC. Really, just the Injustice comics, which are excellent. And then that's fascinating. And then it's just like image all the way down. <laughs> uh, I have, um, I have, uh, functionally. I don't know if it's exclusively in the trade. I think towards the end, I was like up to date, so I have it as the issues. But I have the entire new Fifty Two Batman run. Ooh. I have, which is a journey, and I loved it. It's but that was like literally my introduction to comic books. Was that run that Scott start. Snyder yeah, run? With your introduction to comic books. Good. Let alone Sorry. your introduction to Batman was like when Batman was good. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. How dare you? When Batman yeah, was it good. Was, it was wild. And then I got uh, Batman Eternal, um, which was fine. It was three incredibly dense trades that were all right. Uh, and then I have image, 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 image. Yeah, image, I do and... have a lot of Boom <laughs> in single issues because Boom is putting oh. out a lot of really good creator-owned, but I haven't... I haven't done that thing where I buy the trade and then put the single issues out on the sidewalk for the neighborhood to piece over. Um, right. I haven't. I haven't upgraded those yet. But you Boom know, doesn't do Nuclear Family, do they? I don't know. I'm, I'm talking about that new, that newer comic, Nuclear Family. I know what you mean. I don't know. I got the, the first of issue of it. It seemed pretty intriguing. I did not follow up, but that's because I am Baroque. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Baroque. Greendale is flat. I am baroque. Baroque. Yes, I am a misshapen pearl. Yeah, that it's inspired baroque. the majority of uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, boom, you know, they do, uh, we only find them when we're dead, Seven Secrets. Oh, yes, I have that one. Uh, that one's next to my bed We only find them when they're dead, that's such good art. Excarizes, yeah. art. Um, and then I have some Ahoy in single issues, but that's really just Second Coming, uh, the book that DC was too cowardly to publish. Um, <laughs> so. The only Marvel I have on my bookshelf uh, is Halo. And it's only because they published them. That's it's weird. really strange. They published Halo. Yeah, like the there's like four Halo graphic novels that Marvel published. I don't know why, but I guess that technically means that Halo's in the Master Chiefs in the MCU. So that's cool. <laughs> oh, I um, hate that. I don't like that at all. I don't like that one bit. Why? <laughs> Keep him if, away. If, <laughs> if Kang, if Kang is going to exist and have multiple timelines, why can't there be a timeline where? Where the Master Halo. Chief was fighting. The I don't like this. This is this is that's a no for me. <laughs> we can why? have twenty ninety nine. Why, why can't we have Halo? So maybe I'm speaking out of my ass right now, but I just don't oh, want that yeah. crossover. Oh, yeah, you're talking oh, I don't to want like the crossover, Jace. Don't don't get it twisted. I don't want the crossover. <laughs> I just think it's fun a fun a fun thought experiment. I want my toys want... to play with each other. I want I want to yeah. pick up my cowboy toy and my um, space But everything toy. else I have the same is size. Yeah. Everything else I have is Image Boomer Vault, which if you haven't bought any Vault comics books, Vault's pretty they, sick. Vault, they're putting out some really good shit. Vault employs and, a lot of my friends, so I'm very thankful for Vault comics. Oh fuck yeah, that's dope. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, money. What is it called? Money shot. Money Shot's cool, the Sarah Beattie, and a whole bunch of other yeah. people, but I just know Sarah Beattie. Um, yeah, Money Shot's about a bunch of scientists going around the universe fucking everything. It's great. Um, Whoa, love that. Heathen, <laughs> Heathen's very good. Heathen's Heathen cool. is uh, Natasha Alterici, and that's actually getting a movie. Hell yeah. Um, Heathen's yeah. about uh, 
Viking woman who is cast out of her clan for being uh, gay, and her dad, rather than killing her, just let her go and said, fucking do whatever you want. And she breaks... Okay, I need to read this. She breaks... <laughs> hold on, it gets better. Hold on, it gets better. The first trade is her going and breaking Freya out of a prison that she was put in by Odin. Okay. Because she was uh-huh. also trying to, like, not tear down the hierarchy. Uh, and Odin is an insufferable bastard, and yep. so they decide Correct. together. I'm pretty sure as lovers to go and kill Odin. We love that. Um, love that is. That. It's, it's that fucking is, lit. It's, that is the best news I've heard all day. Thank you so it's, much. It's Jim. fucking lit. <laughs> the, art, the art style in Heathen is extremely good too. Um, What's it called again? Heathen. Heathen. H e a t h e n. Yarp. Yarp. Um, I assume oh, that's also, how... Oh, also, that movie still fucking whips, y'all. What, Hot Fuzz? <laughs> yeah, it's fucking excellent. Hot Fuzz? Hell yeah. I rewatched it because Edgar Wright good. is dropping his new movie, Halloween, this year. So I've been doing my... Last little, Night in uh, Soho? Last Night in Soho, which I am just uh, fully erect for. And, so uh, I don't for like horror movies, so Dude. I'm really curious how horror I think the movies he's citing as references are, like, thrillers... You know what I mean? It like seems a lot more suspense thriller based in structure than it does thriller? anything else. Um, yeah. yeah, so that'll be exciting. But I've been I doing my little uh, Edgar Wright rewatch, and it's like five movies. It's not It's not much of a commitment. So you're watching the Cornetto trilogy, you're going to do Scott Pilgrim and maybe what? Baby Driver? Yeah, exactly. So, like, his five movies previous to this. Um, Baby Driver, I probably won't be able to squeeze in because I'm also doing my little horror movie you know, October binge, as I'm sure many, many people are. I'm so are. upset with myself. I haven't watched any horror movies this year, and I love horror movies. You're disgusting. Been... Oh, God. How do y'all do it? Well, Caleb, well, there's different... Okay, Caleb, I used to absolutely hate horror movies. I used to be so terrified. I wouldn't watch them. I wouldn't go with anyone. I would get invited to the movies. I'd say, no, y'all have fun. I can't. I... You gotta find the right ones. You gotta find, find your, the right one. You find and then there's gateway. something about watching it from the lens of, like, the special effects. Yeah. You gotta let the right one in. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> let the right one in. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's a, good a lot of that. But I think also, um... That was stupid. I don't know. There's also something really fun about, like, a really great way to get into them, in my opinion, is watching really bad ones. And I'm not talking about, like, bad ones that are just like, oh, this is, like... Like, like, not like the reboot, contempt, like, not the contemporary reboot style of bad, where it's like, this is an idea that is good, but the, but it's just, uh-huh. it's too, it's just bad. I'm talking sure. about, like, shitty, shitty, pulpy garbage. <laughs> like, it makes, like, you can tell the entire team didn't, like, nobody on the team spoke English, but they wanted the movie to be in English, so they've got these <laughs> terrible, like, ADR on it, and it, it, some of it is genuinely so much fun. Um, I've been getting a lot more into like like European horror stuff like that as well. There's some really cool stuff that's come out of Madrid um, back in like 80s, 90s. I mean, also still. I, I I don't know. There's at a certain point you start to go like you start to break it down in a certain way, and it's it's really fun. <laughs> I should like, clarify my my disconnect too. Like a, a big portion of it is like a dislike of spiritual horror because i was raised in the church and that shit fucks me up still that was um, but i can watch but i can watch like alien like sci-fi horror is my shit i love sci-fi horror fucking bangs for sure i think spiritual horror 
uh, is hit or miss for me. Uh, Ooh, except for Midnight Mass. You're oh, liking heard, Midnight Mass. I heard that's cool. I loved Midnight Mass. Not liking, loved. That show was fucking great. But oh, you like like. Did you I watch can't... like Blind Manor or Hill House? No, because those are spiritual, and I fucking hate that. Oh, and I almost they're didn't. They're I almost dumb. didn't like Midnight Mass because it's very religious. But then it takes this turn that I swear to God I can't say it until both of y'all watch it mm-hmm. because it will give some shit away. But I swear to God, I pitched a story idea like this to my uncle as a comic book, and he was like, the blasphemy alone would get you yeah. death threats. And I was like, good. That sounds <laughs> oh, awesome. Bring it I'm on. not going to lie to you, Caleb. That is the greatest pitch for watching Midnight Mass I've heard so far. And now I want to Oh, Midnight Mass is fucking incredible. Wow. Oh, it's so great. It's so yeah. great. Yeah. There's also and it, a lot it of takes really a fun... horror trope that we all know, right? Mm-hmm. Religious horror. Right. And then adds another horror trope. You want Here's here's something that'll be fun. I'm really curious about. Um, I don't, Kevin. I don't know if we've talked about this yet. Um, Malignant. Have Uh, either of you seen it? Oh, oh, oh. Malignant. Hold on. Train two, two. (laughs) Kev just turned into a fucking uh, Tuscan Raider. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's how much I fucking watch Malignant. It is absolutely batshit. It is. Wait, is this the one with the 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 person? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah the person. Yeah, um, I know people that got to the end uh, of that and they were like, "What the fuck?" And I got to the end of that and I was like, "Oh shit, this is dope." <laughs> yeah, I got to the end of it and I went, "I saw this coming from the first half hour of the movie," but that's only because, like, but it's also like, it is so absurd and abstracted and it's. It, this is the guy from. He's also done uh, all of the the Conjuring movies. Well, right? it was James Wan, so Saw. James Wan, yeah. So uh, oh, the Conjuring so, films, Furious Seven, you... Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, watch Saw. I've seen Saw. Yeah, Saw Six. Saw. I so bouncing yeah, bouncing is. off so of you know the mutual concept and Jace. My gateway into horror was finding the right. Nemo. Storytelling. I found Nemo, <laughs> and that movie scared the fuck out of me. There's sharks. Are you shitting me? The jellyfish wow. fucked me up. Um, Kevin's like, he touched the butt. He touched the butt. Oh, fuck. What the fuck? The Everybody fish, they out. can't be out of water like that. Um, the dentist was so fucking scary. Darla, are you kidding me? Um, no, but what my, my uh, key... Okay. No, I'm starting to believe this now. <laughs> I had to find the right filmmakers so what i had to find i had to find the right i think the thing john carpenter's the thing which is like one of the best movies ever made uh incredible and i had to find the the thing right with with well uh, the 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 second the thing and samuel jackson the Jace, you could not be more wrong about anything you just said. What the fuck did you say? Sorry, I don't know. I just I just envisioned Samuel Jackson in Jurassic Park. We're literally this is a podcast about community, and we're talking. Oh, that was so funny. Um, no, I'm so sorry. She started listing stuff about a movie. And I'm like, that ain't it. That ain't it. So it was. (laughs) That ain't it, kid. So the 80s, the thing starring Kurt Russell and Keith David from Community. Jesus Christ, Um, what's wrong with It's it's they ha- hey Jace they have one thing in common okay yeah I know I'm racist <laughs> I right? see I'm there's gone. something in common in your eyes 
I'm imagining. I'm literally having. I'm. I'm visualizing Samuel L. Jackson when he was on this one, uh, like, news interview where somebody confused him and Lawrence Fishburne because of the commercials that they had during the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he's like, we don't all look the same. And now I'm just imagining Samuel L. Jackson, who probably is not listening, thinking exactly the same thing at me, and me feeling just immense sadness I'm about sorry. it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I did have to give you a hard time. I did. I am a motherfucker. But that movie was a big gateway to me. It was like, oh, not only does this scare the piss out of me, but also I really love the, like, the craft so the same thing jace was talking about with like the low budget stuff and like seeing the craft elements of right. it. i just yeah. i no, approached it from a different plane yeah well that's the thing is one of the things for me is i like the uh, i i like the low budget stuff as i also love the high budget stuff but i think the low budget stuff is a great way for someone that's like i scare easy and that's and they don't want to get into that if you can watch that not super scary stuff that does get kind of scary and then learn that appreciation for the tropes, the pacing, and the legitimate, like, technical prowess of practical effects. I mean, contemporary, like, digital effects don't do the same thing for me when it comes to horror. It doesn't. And it's like, you can watch practical practical effects and be like, this looks kind of fake, but it also looks so real. Exactly. (laughs) And it's it's really fun to think like how'd they do that or breaking down where they got that and just that kind of pacing and these clever ideas that my favorite horror movies are ones that that mix in elements of mystery and sci-fi and make you go on this journey of you're trying to figure it out like the ring right oh for sure not necessarily ringu right the original one but i'm talking like the first ring you're talking naomi Um, watts 2003 the ring right exactly fun time great fucking movie you know and the thing is, it's also really exciting because that's one of those – one of the other reasons why I like horror movies that change it around for me was I took a class in uh, school called Making Monsters. And it was basically about like breaking down horror as a genre in books and media and movies and TV and all that stuff. That's cool. uh, And understanding what does it reflect in society, what is its function, and what do these things do. And a lot of times really good horror has an idea and has something that they're commenting on. And yeah, I mean, I've, fun to break. I've bored I've bored you all with the conversation about how our monsters evolved to reflect our like fears, right? Yes, no, absolutely. 100%. Like, like vampires being the rich hiding among us and stealing rich the European of the... <laughs> sexual. Well, yeah. Vampires have always uh-huh. been a, a metaphor for sexual deviancy, um, or you know anything. Or zombies and 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 how we are afraid we are shambling through life because we're just. You know, yeah, they're all right. they're all zombies, ref- referential to something. Zombies, a lot of the zombies originated with actually a pretty racist uh, fear process. It was had to. Oh, do I with, don't like, mean originally. I'm. But I'm then speaking, you're talking like I'm speaking on. strictly in terms of like their popularity in the masses, like yeah. now, like like running from the 70s through the 2020s, right, like yeah. how we went from like werewolves well, we went from exorcisms to like vampires to like uh they aliens cycle, and, they and then all, back and they, to, they come back and forth and stuff like yeah. that but like yeah yeah i'm actually i'm um i'm really curious to see what zombie movies look like in the next decade uh in response to living through a global pandemic because their current manifestation has almost exclusively been that of uh fear of, of the virus you know what i mean right. like 
like ever since from, like, like uh, two thousand with uh, twenty eight days later, right? Like the the rage virus that spread through. Um, right, and it's and it's and they've always touched on elements of something being contagious, but to lean into that. Hey, y'all! If zombies happen in real life and they run, give me a gun and one bullet, and then I'll game see all over. Of That's it. <laughs> see y'all in the hereafter, wherever I, it may I be. I will unplug my gaming console before the game is over. Yeah, a zombie sprints at me. Oh, cool. <laughs> Peace. Later. I kind of like this planet, but I didn't like it enough to fight for it. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Late. No. Um, yeah, absolutely not. Late. Uh, but this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast where we watch <laughs> and talk about the American television comedy show community one or two episodes at a time. Uh, we are also the premier podcast in the Yahoo Screen podcasting network. Yahoo. Oh, so smooky! Oh. Uh, it's so smooky for the October Z. <laughs> ah, but it's our it's our talk it's our Talktober episode. We have to talk about spooky stuff. That's right. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and if I did marry the Sting and we had half Sting children and they wanted to learn how to grift, I would tell them to watch their mother, not listen to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing that. That was that's my favorite quote from this whole episode, and I thought about trying to do it, and I knew that I wouldn't be able to pull it off. So I'm so pleased that you did it. Uh, hey, what's up, everybody? How's it going? My name's Jace. I use they them pronouns, and um, I don't know. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. And just 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 Annie doing the worst like running, <laughs> running man, man you've yeah. ever seen, but like backwards. Uh, oh, it's so good. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Uh, and I'm Caleb, the third host, the daddy host, the hostess with the mostest kids, and the worst sound quality of this episode because I'm house-sitting on the dum-dum and forgot it. But more than that, you can't kick me out. I've been here for almost six seasons, three more, and I have a two-year degree. <laughs> <laughs> three more and she'll well have her two-year well degree. Uh, beautiful. What if we didn't mention just being gone for like a month and a half? What if what if we just ignored it? Wouldn't that be something? Um, yeah, I mean, thank you all for your patience. You know, you've been beautiful. I have not gotten any DMs of like, hey, what? Where is it? Where is it? Um, I thank you. We were supposed to come back in like mid September, and then my life fell apart. Um, so I had to I had to take some time and put that back together. Uh, and, and with only five episodes of community left, you know, we gotta, we gotta send this thing off right. We gotta put, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta win, we gotta win this last race, you know? We gotta dunk it the most. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta slam dunk on in. Uh, it's time to slam now. And, uh, we got a real thing going now. Welcome to the slam jam. And I, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I have consumed all of my, my episodes allotment of gin is gone. So, (laughs) So we are oh, starting no. off with a good, with a good uh, uh, entryway into the episode here. Uh, but yes, thank you all for your patience. You've been beautiful. I love you all. It's good to be back. How do you podcast? Googling how Ooh. to podcast. How to podcast. How to yeah. podcast. Look, all I'm saying is we've done this for what over a year now, and we've learned a lot okay. of things. And a year and we've a half. We've also not learned a lot of things. A year and a half. That's we started in April of, my, of 2020. Of that's fucked up. That's fucked up. That's <laughs> messed up. <laughs> that's um, fucked up. <laughs> apparently, how to podcast? Number one, choose a topic. Got it. Number two, pick a co-host. Optional, but I chose two. 
Uh, number three, choose a name. Interesting. <laughs> okay, uh, we're done with that. Uh, number eight, get a microphone. So they actually, they don't have that for a while. <laughs> they, they put the recommendation at the bottom. Get a microphone. Uh, cool. Uh, let's send off. Uh, oh, my goodness. What happened? Huh? No, it was okay. I just, you coughed so loud but i didn't hear it at Wait, all I thought I was, yeah exactly yeah, I so myself. i was i, I was scared what happened loud. was i was scared <laughs> what happened oh, was, I, remember that, I appreciate your fear happy halloween remember but that like, scene no, in the I'm, pilot where abed's like why aren't you guys making sound am i deaf <laughs> i thought i thought it. <laughs> yes, what's going on <laughs> Can you hear me? literally in the pilot Oh, sorry. I thought no, that I, it's had interesting happened to me. I'm literally thinking about Abed. Like Abed's character has gone through some pretty drastic shifts, uh -huh. and a pretty large one happened earlier on this season. And it's exciting to see it carry over. Into I these think episodes. it's interesting. I think we're at an interesting point for Danny Pudi's performance on Community because I don't think he's ever like. I don't know. Maybe this is controversial. I've always felt this way ever since the season first aired. I feel like he's a little out of it this season in a lot of uh, ways. If I may. Please. You may not. Structurally. <laughs> don't Structurally. speak. <laughs> Structurally. <laughs> the way the role has always functioned is that when it's not being serious and, like, surprisingly cool and, like, oh, actually, Abed has it all figured out and, like, fixes everything, right? Something like, whatever that, right? Whatever that may be. The only, the other role Abed played was goofy and go with the flow with mm -hmm. Troy. And what they've had to do is they've had to make the character go through the growth of no longer relying on Troy and so they fill those beats with other people. Like you'll get a moment where now it's mostly him and Annie now because yeah. they move, they live together. And, and um, Danny and Allison are like really close, like more more so than even like other members of the community cast. Like they're very close and they have a good chemistry. Right. So it makes a lot of and sense it's, it's that they great, would. But you that. can see that that's where that that space uh -huh. was redistributed to was having those funny bits or even the funny bit. Like I'm thinking in this episode in particular all of the, the suitcase swapping bits, right, is, you know, with Annie, it's, like, going really well and, like, the physical comedy and stuff like that. That is very reminiscent of something that Abed would have done with Troy. I think you you're, know? I think you're onto something there. And it feel, I feel like the, kind of the same way with both of these characters and both of these actors is that, like, they, because they're not really the focus of storylines so much, it kind of feels like they're just doing bits and having fun which is fine like that is i'm not i'm not calling sure. out any performer or any writer or anything like that no. I've, just, I've always felt a bit of disconnect from those two performers in this season and maybe it's because mm. they just weren't getting a lot of like really solid material to work with i think well i think there's also there's very clearly in a like it's it's it is so obvious that everybody involved knew that this was kind of like we've pushed our luck so far and you have people like, you know, Ken or Joel who or or uh, Jim who are still like fully in the tank or like can't fake it. You know what I mean? So it still feels like we are getting all of them. But like maybe Danny oh, Pudi yeah. is looking at like, I have two kids. I'm filming another pilot in a couple weeks. Like you're getting it just feels like there's there's it's not i don't know maybe the stakes are a little bit different i just i'm thinking back to this episode and this might be an unpopular opinion i'm not a huge fan of this episode there are parts not that really. i love 
and I remember very fondly, but as a whole, this is like not one of my favorites. Um, no. And then, um, but the thing I'm actually trying to get to is the fact that this is, we're now in the part of the season where almost every episode they have, if I'm not mistaken, they have a joke about a character spinning off. Right. Uh-huh. It's it's basically it's them so saying weird. we've given up on community. <laughs> we're trying to see what other things we can do. And we're joking about it. So they're aware with it. And they're having fun with it. And it's it's really cute and it's fun. But like everyone, it's very clear that that's the energy. They were like, look, hey, th- this shouldn't even be happening right now. Right. So we're just going to have fun. And if that means that there's a few more moments that feel just kind of like bits that are just there for no reason then that's so be it and like i don't hate that and after it's just, that's how you end seasons, up with a hundred episodes section about the word mental yeah six seasons a hundred episodes it's like yeah you know sometimes you're just gonna feel the, it, what is abed's monologue in the last episode it's like it has to be okay for tv to phone in a day or like you know like it has to, it has to be okay for it to like kind of chill <laughs> yeah, out for a little know, bit no and Lil, I think they all know at this point in season six, like, they're polishing the brass on the Titanic. The ship is going down. They lived longer than <laughs> anyone thought they were supposed to. Well, like, that's okay. That's not a that's bad okay. thing. That's part of the glory of this show. Exactly. You know? I think it's Is fine. that it's like... I'm not mad. These people are so familiar with the idea of literally an expiration date that they're able to have fun with that idea when it comes down to it. Oh, and that's yeah. What's this so- is like the third time. Right? right. This isn't the first time they were like, oh boy, <laughs> this is going to end. Like, they've, they've gotten used to That's it. That's why it's so charming, their response to it. It's like, because they're like, cool, great. Right. Because we're. Let, let's literally joke about we're it. We're all in pretty firm agreement that, like, the first half of this season is pretty solidly excellent. Like, it's pretty uniformly, yeah. like, excellent and interesting and experimental. Then we kind of hit this patch where it's like, oh, this is fine. I. This feels like, you know, y'all just kind of spinning some Hear me out. Hear me out. Season six thus far has been a perfect microcosm of the series as a whole. That checks out. You've got these moments where it starts out really punchy and it breaks form and it's experimental in certain ways and they're playful and all this stuff and it's unbelievable. Everything lines up like a beautiful, well-oiled machine that's a puzzle and also a transformer. (laughs) But like then you get to parts where they just kind of go, yeah, you know, we're here. We uh we're gonna make some TV and it's gonna know, it's gonna air. Dan watched uh, The Sting still, and he didn't like it very much. Television. <laughs> so we're gonna make an episode <laughs> about that. Uh, no, for sure. I, mean, like, I can't ends... think of any episode that I gen- that I like actively dislike. I mean, I like every episode. Completely get you. And and the show ends with three of the best episodes of the entire show. So like, it's not like community became you know like how i met your mother where like it just it just completely turned to shit before our very eyes you know um sorry no it seems like they at a certain point in the season went okay let's prioritize closing this off properly for sure and so you get a little bit of a lull as as we get towards the halfway mark while they're focusing a little bit more on making sure we have something that we can wrap up. And I, and I support that strategy. You know, like, uh, you know, I think it's a great strategy. TV is a constantly moving train and like you have to keep laying track because the episode has to come out. And I completely understand like, okay, let's make these really good. And so these are going to be, you know, they're going to be whatever they have. Be. They're going to get us be. from point A to point B. Exactly. But point B is going to be fucking sick. Exactly. Because it's 
And if and, and if Community yeah. Season Six had been like an Apple TV Plus original, and it was like nine, ten episodes a season, we could have had a season of like complete and total bangers. But it's like whatever. There are these three that are like they're fine. I don't turn them they're off fine. if I'm rewatching. Fine. It's they're fine. fine. They're um, redeemable. They're also oddly memorable. I agree. Like this grifting episode. I remember. Is it my favorite? No. But I fucking remember this episode. I get you. Let's, yeah, let's talk about this episode. Season 6, episode 9, Grifting 101, directed by Rob Schraub, written by Ryan Ridley. Uh, in this episode... Uh, with, with <laughs> as himself. <laughs> with, yeah, as himself, as the guy at Jeff's gym. Um, in this episode, uh, special guest star Matt Berry shows up as uh, Roger DeSalvo. Uh, the teacher of grifting at Greendale and of course sends the entire class for a grift and then the the Save Greendale committee attempts to grift him in return. That's it. <laughs> that is all that happens. There is no B story. <laughs> that is all that happens. It's fascinating looking at it now, right, as a bunch of time has passed and also understanding fundamentally oh this is Ryan Ridley and looking at Rick and Morty, which also uses a lot of Ryan Ridley. Right, he's like a and tenth of the way- voices on Rick and Morty, in addition to being a right. writer. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I think about this and I go, oh, this reminds me ever so slightly of the Rick and Morty episode about the heist. Heists. Yeah, they, I was thinking the episode. same thing. Be- and and it's funny because, on the one hand, where <laughs> who is it? Uh, DeSalvo, he says, um, He's like, nice try, nice, and then also, by the way, nice double try, what is it? Nice second, you know what I'm talking about, where he says, like, you're going to try and double cross my double cross? Yeah. And like that, that is a reference, that is like a very small parallel to the entirety of the episode on Rick and Morty. And like, you can see that this was like the beginning of an idea and I mean, the Rick and Morty episode does it better. That's yeah, I think episode. I think the second like, draft was much more effective. I think the Rick yeah, and Morty. They, it that far. they also yeah, they really got. It's, <laughs> this, they, they fucking did that. They laid down the groundwork for this that one. This dry but no. run was not quite as effective, but you do get nice try, thrice. I you do know, like I see the fact what we're that doing. This was them kind of returning. It was here's here's what did it for me, right? It's kind of, <laughs> tonally, it's a little confused because it does that mm-hmm. whole ragtime. Um, the slowest version format. of the entertainer I've ever heard in my entire. Let's pick it up, folks. Let's pick up the tempo on the entertainer. It's, it's just a strange choice because, like, it's like oh, old timey, but that's not what I get from Grifty. It's, I would have much rather gotten like an Ocean's pastiche. It is an homage to the movie that they reference 47 times in this episode, The Sting, which I did watch for this podcast, but I watched it back in August when we were See, like... I feel like that would have informed my lens it a lot. Would, what, I was what can you tell us about The Sting? It would. So it stars Robert Redford and Paul Newman, classic duo, two great old Hollywood stars, uh, you know, obviously Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is a classic. I watched this movie, and I watch a fair amount of, like, movies from the 60s and 70s. So I want to preface this by saying that, that, like, you know, I know how this to watch an not old out movie. Of the ordinary it's you. not out of the ordinary. It's not like I only watched Star Wars and then went back and watched, like, a movie with no Jedi. You're familiar with this aesthetic. Right. So I want to preface that before I say it's just one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in my time. <laughs> 
entire <laughs> like <laughs> is so boring. Everyone in this episode, when they watch this thing, that is correct. I was ready to like See, dial in, yeah, and they, I was asleep. It's so boring. They like they make it so clear that they're like, look, this movie blows. It is so boring. One best picture and then, was a giant and financial like, success. And that's like the lens that they talk about it through the entire episode. But then for some reason, they also go, you know what else would be great? What if we tried to make our version of this bad movie? Yeah, this was like why of, did they why why is it that they were aware that it's not good and boring and then decided to use that aspect of it? This is one of those times where I've talked about it before where I was at the time I was listening to the podcast Harmon Town, which was like Dan Harmon's live show. Yes. And it was another of those times where you would hear him talk about a movie on that show and then 6 months later when the community came out there was an episode about it, right? So he just like Dan Harmon yeah, just like go, oh, shit. watched the sting, didn't like it, and decided that was an axe he needed to grind. He decided that was what he needed to spend his time doing. Um, and I don't know. He just occasionally gets those like axes. I mean, the Rick and Morty episode. If you watch the like the bonus material on HBO Max that like sometimes put after Rick and Morty episodes. It's just Dan Harmon talking about how all heist movies are terrible, which I don't agree (laughs) with. I, I, I love a heist movie, Uh, but he hates them. So like that Rick and Morty episode is him grinding that same ax, but it just wasn't as sharp this time, I guess. He just like did not grind it good. Um, Well, he's, well, he's, he's grinded it a few times and it keeps getting sharper yeah it's exactly he needed another pass at the grind and you know what good for him that he got it uh we're happy for him and uh but but uh jace this does start you and i were talking before the record about how much we enjoy what we do in the shadows the tv show you read my mind that was literally what i was hoping we were going to talk starring matt barry who is the guest star on this episode and he is on another (laughs) plane of funny like on that, that show, that whole cast is on another plane. At what we do in the shadows, it's it is fucking the exceptional. Funniest stuff. <laughs> fucking ensemble I've seen in a long time. It's probably my favorite, like, TV show on the air right now. Uh, and as someone that like just caught up with Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest, like I'm not coming from nowhere. Uh, yeah, like, I'm thinking like uh, the only other one that I'm putting at that same level right now for me is actually Ted Lasso. Although I haven't watched is, Mythic Quest, and I mean, it's on my list. Ted Lasso, good show. No one here is <laughs> denouncing Ted Lasso. Dude, dude uh, the last few, the last few episodes of Ted Lasso fucked uh, me up, fucked, dude. <laughs> fucked my whole shit up. The Coach Beard episode, the finale. I mean, I cry at every sports movie. I, I just do. I don't even particularly. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch sports, but like, there's something about there's something about the co- camaraderie and the sense of uh uh togetherness and male celebration like there's something about it that just that just gets me ted lasso good show no one is fighting against that and uh mythic quest i just started the second season very much enjoying that show uh but goddamn, does what we do in the shadows slay me <laughs> constantly it it's just, the it's exciting stuff but to, to, to the point what's his name matt right matt I'm so bad with names that's okay I didn't know Matt Berry when I first watched Community, right? So now, act like what we do in the shadows actively informed the lens that I was watching 
when I rewatched this episode earlier today, even. His right? I was just like, sense of humor, oh his style God. Like, of I delivery. get more sense of humor a bit better now, and I, like, I see what you're doing, and it's... Good show. It's... Good show. <laughs> that, what show? I haven't seen that show. All right. All the best. Yeah, was, isn't there... Am I misremembering? Isn't there a moment at the beginning that legitimately makes no sense and then they just move on with it with the um with the hat sitting in the classroom uh-huh could be anything no it's a lot of non-sequiturs here <laughs> could be a lot of things. i don't know my my favorite thing about that moment is both abed and annie ask long questions and then <laughs> britta goes what and then he goes you talk too much <laughs> you talk too much to the person that has spoken the least it's good it's good <laughs> It's good. There's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff here. I just my kingdom for a B story that we can cut back to. You know what I mean? Like there's just it, oh, that's, it's what also time desk be a time desk. Kev says yes, indeed. <laughs> Would that this hoodie were a time hoodie so I could correct my past mistakes. Um, <laughs> it, it well, they do that. They do technically do. Uh, yeah secondary timeline in the back but it's a flashback and it's super brief and yeah i i get what you're saying that's like something that they do a lot or they have done a lot on community of like Mm -hmm. multiple plot lines that you kind of weave together and when they really all tie back in at the end that's when it's some of those all-time best episodes the back half of season six is just no, the episode has one premise, and we are doing one thing as an entire show, right? We are making a sci-fi <laughs> movie. We are doing a grifting class. We are all in a RV that's broken down. Paintball, Garrett's wedding, finale. Like, they, they just, for whatever reason, in that's the back true. half it's of season six, activities. there's no B story. Like, there's other, there's, like, runners... You know, it depends on how you define a B story, but it's no everyone is doing one. Everything's a group activity. activity. The, the exactly. com- it's not split up into multiple conflicts within the group. It's the group all has the same conflict. Yeah, it feels a lot of parts of the first and second seasons where they just have novelty episodes. Uh huh. Except season assembled of them, which almost and I obviously have no idea if this was the case, but to me, kind of feels like them going uh it's our farewell to our greatest hits yeah i mean that would make sense to focus in on the specialty episodes if that lens does make sense to me as well but i also think that there's something about the way that they're executed earlier on Mm -hmm. they lean a little harder into like aesthetic pastiches and like even (laughs) was like the dialogue also shifts and this feels like there's not a full Uh, i mean but that does make sense structurally I don't think that uh, the farewell to a Rolling Stones is as good as uh, prime Rolling Stones, though. <laughs> no, for sure. No, that is this. That is I get what very, you mean. That this does kind of feel analogous to. This does feel analogous to like I don't know the first season where it's like we're taking a weird pottery class or we're taking a weird accounting class that's a dead poet society thing. You know, it kind of feels like that. But even then, in those episodes, you did still have that second thing to ping off of you did have the back and forth the feeding energy of that and i was thinking about this recently to a certain degree i appreciate that the final season of community is not 
community's greatest hits, but we're doing it again. You know, I appreciate to a certain degree that it's not, we are not rigidly closing every plot line on community, or we are not homaging every significant thing that happened. For the most part, it's like a new season with new energy, and we're trying new things with new characters, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this episode then also suffers from my theory that the strength of a Community Season 6 episode is directly proportional to how much Dean and Frankie are in the episode, and they are not in this episode <laughs> very much. They are really not in this episode uh, very much. Yeah. Yeah? No, I get, I can get behind that for sure. It's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I think they're, those are the characters that at this point are the most intriguing. Not that these other ones aren't also very intriguing, but we've done a lot of exploration with them. And they're in very new places. Um, and there's already been a lot of growth with them. And it's, so it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit like, okay, where else could you go with it? And these ones, there's like, there's so much possibility. There's so much. movement still stuck in them it just feels like the it feels like the characters that the writers are most interested in telling stories about that they feel the most potential (laughs) energy the ones that the writers have the most fun telling stories about and it's kind of like we'll use ted lasso because we've all seen ted lasso right it's like okay we kind of did jamie tart's whole thing so he's not really in the second season as much. And we'll we'll dip back in. We'll still tell, you know, the odd, interesting story about him. But the second season is, like, much less about Jamie Tart Because we kind of did the Jamie Tart thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where... There's a distribution of that. It's it's just interesting when the focal, when it's a show called Community. And there's a bunch of characters that we have been following for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, multiple seasons, right? And it's, it's like, okay, where is this focus going to be? There's an obligation to the audience to tell the stories of the, the core group. Mm-hmm. But there's also, like, this very clear desire to tell these new stories. And finding that balance is tricky. It's tr- tricky. It's tricky to rock around. Yeah. And uh, this episode also is just an episode where, and I don't know why this stands out to me. Maybe it's because I'm not just, like, huge on the episode overall. But every time they're in the cafeteria... I am keenly aware that this is a building that is not, doesn't have real windows. There's something about the way it's lit in this episode that I'm like, I am very aware this is on a soundstage in a way that I am not always aware. <laughs> uh, there's something about like the light. That might is be a thing. I am not registering yeah. it, but I'm also, the, I, I, I'm very forgiving with that stuff a lot of the time, uh-huh. especially when I'm not, like, in a genre where I'm, like, paying attention to it. Mostly because, like, as an actor person, I'm kind of, like, always just like, this is the this is where I am. Mm-hmm. So I just buy into it. I'm like, yeah, they're the cafeteria. And then you point out, and I'm like, if I go back, I'll be like, oh, I see it now. Yeah, maybe but, it's like, just, it's like, like, like y'all were talking about earlier with video games and theater. Maybe that's just my thing, where I'm like, I can see that the lighting here belies that you are not... God, that is what... That is honestly the number one thing that is ruined for me, is there are two things. One is when you are on a green screen at, an, at a location that is supposed to be outdoors, I am so aware that the lighting that is on the actors' faces is not outside, like, I am just, it yanks me out of movies and TV constantly when you obviously did not film this outdoors. Um, <laughs> the other one is ADR, 
where like you went back, <laughs> you went back in post and the actors like talked over their own dialogue and sometimes i don't notice it because obviously it happens all the time but once i did adr or once i started editing dialogue for movies that is ruined for me and honestly the worst is on like cw superhero shows where i'm like guys i know that that is not like because like the tenor of the actor's voice or like the intensity of their face does not match the voice that is coming out yeah. of their mouth. Um, There's a really instance of ADR that I had to argue with my friends about in the office mm-hmm. where I think it's still John Krasinski, but it's during the office Olympics episode and he's handing out medals and like, it's so weird. He's talking in an office full of people. And the, it's from a distance. He's on the other side of the room. The first seven-eighths of the line is like, we have bronze, silver, and gold medals made out of these yogurt lids. And the words yogurt and lids get so weirdly <laughs> like, close. All of a sudden, the microphone's like right in your ear. And I only noticed it when I was listening to the show, watching it on my iPad at Mokabee's with my headphones in. Because across <laughs> I don't think I ever noticed it, but like listening with headphones in, mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> why is he here all of a sudden?" Yeah. And I, since then, paid more attention to that because I noticed it happening all the time. It's so funny how this is all cycling back because one of my favorite things about like low-budget horror movies oh, is that <laughs> almost every single line is ADR. Oh yeah, and it's like obvious, and it is. <laughs> so funny it's so fun yeah it's so great because also my fa- there's also a lot of times when you can tell that the person speaking is like dropping words and it has like a thick accent or something and then they've got this very proper speaking voice <laughs> that sounds like this and it does not match any human person ever it's not a human i mean it's a <laughs> but it does not sound like a human's voice for sure it's so put on it's and funny. it's because it's like you look at it and it's like the only thing that's important is that the story is told. It doesn't need to make sense. doesn't need to be believable. Just this story needs to be told. It's For sure. so Yeah. So no, fun. it's super cool. And, like, I say I notice it, but also, like, 90% of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is ADR, and you would never know. Like, you would... It's imparsable until someone tells you that fact. So it just... It's degrees. It depends on... on like, many things. It's about execution. Isn't that interesting? Is it, oh, it's not about that? the idea, it's about how it's executed. Isn't that something? Um, that's crazy. That's interesting. Yeah, and that's, that's camp. And that's something. Uh, but this episode is fine. I don't know. What do you want to do? Rank? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, let's rank. It's fine. It's fine. It's I, I low-key think the bumper is better than the episode. Oh, the bumper is, is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bumper is so good. Um, let's start with the bumper. The the guy who goes to Jeff's guy gym. From Jeff's gym. <laughs> oh, it's so funny to me. This like I don't know, Knight Rider kind of pastiche show concept. So funny to me. Oh my god, this one's this one's high. Oh, um, for me, I don't know. Where's where's another like? Bring it closer to see. It's so different from all these other bumpers though that it's gonna make it so hard to rank. Yeah, there are other like fake show ones and stuff like that uh where's portuguese gremlins that's a good place to start because that's another we haven't done it yet no we we did did. did. it's for 
Portuguese Gremlins is number four. And Yakuza Zero, of course. Yakuza Uh, Zero is an incredible title for that. I'm so proud. Which one's Yakuza Zero? That's the the one where you find out that the the guy, the kid that's been texting. Wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the kid that's been texting Jeff all along as Jeff uh, gets the talking to from his dad. He's like, uh-huh. I am now Kiyoshi, dawn of the Yakuza. <laughs> like it's so And that's funny. how I became Oyabun, yeah. uh, leader of the Yakuza. And you're like, wait, <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> so funny. So good. That's where um, this was going? So this feels like in the right zone, I think. This, Yeah, this is, wow, I guess this is up there for the end tags. Wow. Big number one. Spanish rap. Cartoon tunnel. Batman chat. Mm, I would, I could put it above pile of bullets and cocaine. I was gonna say the same thing. That sounds. I great. like the pile of bullets and cocaine, but I think this one beats that one. But Batman Chad is just above this. Yeah, that's the a good guy spot for that me. Goes to Jeff's gym. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. So funny. Ryan Ridley, funny guy. Uh, great guy. This, this epi not gonna be not gonna be too terribly high for me. Too- He says as he looks in the bottom ten. I mean, I mean, I'm not not saying your idea is wrong. I'm not saying your thought. He like hit seventy five and he went whoa 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 whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. The last episode. Yeah, let's not let's Um, not get out of control here. Let's not go up to the seventy. Competitive wine tasting. I ask every time. Which one is that? Uh, Jeff and Pierce take a wine tasting class that is also the one where Troy pretends he was molested in an acting class. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. that's how you react every time as well. It's very... It's... <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, uh, Kev, uh, Kev, I almost called you Jeff. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. I'll take it. Um, Kev, just after competitive wine tasting, put a dash and then put plop plop. <laughs> Uh, my uncle put his finger in my plop plop is a line that's not going to remind me of it <laughs> no it's not obviously I was like put this here as a reminder for Jace and then Jace was like what nah. what's that you know, next week I'd be like what the fuck is plop plop yeah that's why I took the one off of romantic expressionism or whatever because you never you never remembered <laughs> from my hint <laughs> it was useless now I'm now I'm try- now I what's which one is <laughs> no I'm not doing this I'm not playing this game with you um <laughs> not playing your games kids not doing this. Oh, fuck. Um, shit. I don't know. It's probably. Uh, let's see. Which one's basic sandwich? That is the first part of the season five two-parter. No, it's the second part where they go down under the tunnel and they do the Goonies treasure hunt. Well, this one's not better than that one. Nope. The Goonies treasure. What? That's where they find the old guy in the basement who's yes. Basement. Thank you. Sorry. That's tons of money. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one is not as good as that. <laughs> uh, what about last week? Intro, last week. What about a month and a half ago? Intro to Recycled <laughs> Cinema, where they make a sci-fi movie. This one's not as good as the sci-fi movie. No, it's not as good as the sci-fi movie. So we're going to... Isn't it? Okay. Isn't it? Oh, here we go. Here's right, one. what's up? Here's an old one. Is okay. anything in this episode better than Vaughn's two songs in Home Economics. Remember our no. old measuring stick, our old friend the measuring stick. No. What is? What are you talking about? When? Which songs? Uh, Pierce, you're a bee. Britta, poop in my soul and poop in my heart. <laughs> Those are that low. 
Uh, so we're moving down. Moving down. <laughs> my oh my. My oh my, Mike Tyson. Um, interpretive <laughs> dance. Which one's that? That's where Troy and Britta take a dance class. Isn't it funny that Troy is dancing? Isn't it funny that a man would dance? Isn't that funny? <laughs> um, I can put this one above that. It feels like we're close because those are. that's also another episode that I remember. Yeah, I do think this episode, like Grifting 101, is worse than the Schmitty Kids, The Art of Discourse. Oh, uh, yeah. I no. prefer the Schmitty, the Schmitty Kids. kids I love them. I prefer the art, of, the, the art of dance, or interpretive dance over the art of discourse, but we can't change our placements. Not until well, our very special re-ranking episode. Um, that's it. Right, we are gonna, we are going to do a re-rank episode where we do some like reflective. I think so. Cuz like, okay, so we're going to finish community in like the end of November. God, this episode is good. And I assume that we're going to cover Witcher season 2, I assume, but that comes out at the end of December. So we have like 4 oh, weeks shit, to already? kill. You know what I mean? Uh, so Should like, I watch the animated? We'll get to that. Well, Don't I think we're this. we're probably going to we're probably going to cover that. So just say okay. that. Um, right, yes. Yeah, this is going to tank the season, but investigative journalism, the Jack Black episode, this episode is not as good as the Jack Black episode. No, the reason I said this is going to tank this season is I think that this one's better than Intro to Felt Surrogacy. Whew. But I would watch Basic Genealogy before this one. Whew. Which one's Basic Genealogy? That's the Family ja- Day. That's Family Day. Episode. I also don't agree that that episode is 99 out of 106 so That's kind of crazy. Well, um, watch it again. But, um, uh, and Spanish one. Wow, Spanish one. It's crazy that Spanish one one is this low, too. I know, but it's like the second episode. And you go back and you yeah. watch it, and you're like, ah, oh, there's some... how many episodes. Season four is carrying this entire list on top of its bag. <laughs> but not in the good way. <laughs> No, we <laughs> not got in the one, good three, way. four, six, nine, not thirteen, the, and eighteen. Not in the good way that you watch like Final Destination three, and you're like Mary Elizabeth Winstead really carrying this movie on her back. It's a bad way where everything is stacked on top of it. Wait, I'm Mary really Elizabeth excited Winstead's that this movie's in a Final on Destination right movie. She is the protagonist of Final Destination three, the Final Destination franchise, my favorite horror franchise. <laughs> it's so good. She is. She recently she is just the protagonist. I love her. I'm. I need to watch Kate. I need to watch Kate. looks fucking awesome. I need to watch Kate. And she's dating Ewan McGregor, so... They're having a baby. Okay, but this episode is definitely better than Heroic Origins. Oh, damn. Well, now we're in kind of a weird... Now we're kind of in a weird zone. Um... Because we're like, it's better than 96, but not better than 100. You have no idea in here. Which one's basic story? (laughs) What? That's the first part of the two-farter where Abed is chased around by the camera and Jeff and Britta almost get married again. And um, what else happens? Social psychology is which one? That is the episode where Jeff and Shirley uh, gossip about Vaughn and Pierce has ear inoculars and uh that's mostly it this that feels like an upper limit to me oh like, that's this is the duncan principle better. that's where they test whether or not they right. can keep them waiting 
Okay, that one's definitely better. Correct. Environmental science. I, I mean, environment, yeah. environmental science, if nothing else, has the somewhere out there sing-along. Somewhere so that's a, there. But basic story, I think we're in the right, I think we're in the right zone here for basic story, heroic right. origins. It's a new 95? Yeah. I'm okay at least this has Matt Barry. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, well, it's got that going for it. What's the episode this season? This is gonna... Nine. Oh, that's going to... so difficult. It's really going to fuck up the, the overall rankings, but hey. It's what, this, this is the game, you know? We're not here to make season six win. We're here to be objective journalists about ranking episodes of fuck TV. That means, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I, it's so funny that, like, I can fit the end tag ranking and the episode ranking on one screen. Because <laughs> it's so low and so high, respectively. That's fucking incredible. Um, well, while I'm plugging this into the overall season ranker, why don't y'all give us some dang pluggy plugs? Ah, well, you plug, we plug? That's right. And y'all start the plugs first, because plug, I'm typing, plug, and I can't what? make that complex. <laughs> what do I have to plug? <clears throat> oh, I'm dying over here. I don't have anything in particular to plug. I think um, it's it's a wild time. There's people that are doing some cool stuff in places. I have no idea. Like if, if you <laughs> cool stuff <laughs> in places. Uh, if you have friends that make art, support your friends. Uh, that's like, funny. You know, pay your friends that are artists. I think that that's a fun. A fun little note for me to leave it on. Yeah, yeah. Support your artist friends. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's Hell my yeah. plug. Um, is that it? That's your plug. Yeah, I think so. Also, if you're trans, I love you. But you know, that's the basics. But you know, um, <laughs> yeah. I've uh, I've got a season of a podcast that's about Halo that I did with my grandma that oh. I'm actually finishing up editing that's going to come out and hopefully okay. all the episodes out before Halo comes out. That's so uh, cute. Yeah, my grandma's the shit. Uh, <laughs> she came over on Sunday after a barbecue with me and my buddy Jabril and my family and sat outside with me and my buddy Jabril for like four hours discussing like socialism, communism, Trumpism. Halo. It was, and it was a good conversation. And Halo. And Halo. And Halo. No, Halo was not a part of that conversation. Oh. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. But, yeah. No, it was great. It was so good that my the my in laws neighbors today while I was outside smoking were like, "Hey, just want to let you know, like, y'all are really smart and like talk about things really well." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, shit! I didn't intend to Don't bore you the whole time." They're like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they were like, you're lucky to have a grandparent that's willing to, like, learn and change. And I was like, oh, trust me. I know. <laughs> My parents are not. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, doing that show with my grandma, it's called Procedural Generations. Uh, if you want to listen to what we have so far out, you can look up. Huh? That's a cute name. Sounds oh, thanks. Sick. My wife came up with that shit. So I oh, way to go, wifey. Yeah, she, she absolutely nailed that one. Um, other than that, I don't know, man. I'm gonna try and like make more reviews and stuff. I'm finishing up Sable hopefully in the next couple of days. And again, the list of games that I mentioned, I'll have something to say about all of them. So, you know, Nerdy Bits, check out the Nerdy Bits show. Check out Bounty Board. Check out NerdyBits.com. Them's my plugs. 
Hell yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I will remind y'all, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Uh, for as little as one buck a month, uh, you get a whole bunch of extra podcasts and bonus shit. I'm going to be posting soon the first 4,000 words of a short story. Um, that is a, a Witcher parody short story. I'll be posting that here soon up on there for $1 a month patrons. Um, and all kinds of extra bonus uh shit like that um and uh that is that is uh mostly it at the moment i'm making a movie but i have nothing to show for that at the moment you know what i mean <laughs> can't really just can't point to that yet but i'm doing it and also if you go on my patreon you can help me do that <laughs> money it's is good in this scenario it's crazy making a Yo. self-funded <clears throat> feature film um is uh you know? uh you know little bit i can't say i know what it's like doing that for a feature film but i can say i know what it's like attempting to do that with a musical and woof and woof. <laughs> uh so yeah self-production is support, so, yeah if you'd like to support your artist friends if you'd like to see it sooner rather than later that is the place to do it. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. And I'll be posting some more screenshots and short stories and hopefully some more bonus podcasts. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, and uh, and uh, also, if you enjoy this podcast, <laughs> you know, if you want to say, hey, I enjoyed that. Um, so that would be great. TV's Kevin Lanigan on all the stuff. We are the Greendale Three on all the stuff. Um, people keep asking me, what show are we covering next? I will say, I don't. No, uh, we have ideas. Things we have ideas. Witcher two. Which I mean, Witcher season two, we are definitely doing. But then mm. that is only like ten episodes, so we'll have to. We'll have to. We've had a, we've had a couple ideas. We go have back ideas. And... Yeah, what's that show with what uh, Billion? Uh, Firefly? yeah, we threw out Firefly. Firefly. I don't know if I want to talk about Joss. I just I maybe regret yeah, that. Cool um crazy ex-girlfriend i am weirdly interested in talking about um we'll figure it out don't you worry figure it out what 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 do you what do, what do y'all want us what to do watch? you want to hear what do you want to hear the only thing i love more than not being able to make a decision myself is letting somebody else make a decision for me yeah <laughs> so let us know um you know we probably won't until 2022 like have to cover a full new show in earnest uh, but, uh, let us know. Or, like, I don't know, we might have a bonus episode or two that are not... Let us, I don't know. I feel like we could also do movies, you know? I feel we like could. we could do movies. We, I, I would be interested in certain, like, a like a franchise or something. You know, I think it could be fun. I don't know if we did, like, Fast and the Furious <laughs> or something. I was saying, shit. you were gonna um, say that! We should make... We should make Kev watch all the Star Wars movies. Ew. <laughs> uh, you should make me watch all the Star Wars movies. Ew. I, I, I have, but, like... I've seen almost all of them. I think two of them are pretty good. I think two of them are pretty good movies. Um, which two, I'll never say. Except for all the podcasts where I've said it. Um, <laughs> Last Jedi, best one. Come at me, nerds. I'll fucking fight you in the street. I'll fight you. Uh, yeah. Do not which one? The Last Jedi is the best one. Um, oh, that's an objective truth if you have a brain. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's just like, it's the best one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, anyway, time to make everyone mad at the end of a podcast. My favorite, my favorite activity to yeah, do. Uh, we'll be back next week with a fucking weird episode. What 
weird episode we're about to cover. So strange. Cannot wait to unpack it uh, with these two. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, once we're done with this community podcast, I'm going to start working in earnest on this community book I've been pitching for like a year. Um, so, you know, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin, <laughs> if you want to help me do that. Um, but until next week, pop, pop. And also with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Just get up, you going, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, yeah, wait. <laughs> <laughs> It did a fucking boss nass. Just feels right. And also with you. And time to time to go play Hades until I fall asleep. Leading glass and healing needles. Amputated hearts are never whole. Too bright. Dreaming as a screaming seagulls feed on parts of me I keep below. Oh, oh. Uh, that old that old podcast gold. Um, we all know it. We all. I mean, I'm I'm rolling in it because of because of podcasting, as you can see, obviously by my by my illustrious I mean. setup. Um, yes, but uh, yeah, there is. I mean, we were talking about we were talking about Sharpling and, and Julie Klausner and all these people that seem to only be entertaining themselves. And, but obviously it's entertaining to everyone else, but they are not concerned with whether or not it's entertaining yes. to us. They and just so also have the good fortune of it being entertaining to us, right? Mm-hmm. It just, it happens to be that what is entertaining to them is at least to me also entertaining. I feel the same way a lot about uh, Scott Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins Absolutely. and Lauren Lapkus, especially when they are together in any combination. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or or Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott on on mm-hmm. their their various shows. It just it feels like they are not concerned with whether I, the listener, am enjoying myself. They just happen to such, be funny. <laughs> yes, and there's such a joy to it, especially with like talking you two to me and like all oh, of the God. all of the REM stuff. It's like you are you talking heads tell... to my talking heads? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like you you clearly tell that it's it means so much to them. And they enjoy sharing it with both each other, but mm-hmm. also trying just in general to kind of get other people into it. But it just seems like it's it's so fun to listen to people having fun in general. And I feel like For all sure. of those people, I, I always just have fun being around, just kind of like seeing. And and if, while I've we while I've kind of rediscovered community. It's just been fun to just hang out with these people again. And oh, then adding sure. the, this this extra third element or this extra kind of like X element of Matt Barry into it. Oh, my it's, God. It's so funny. Because what you were a... saying, no, you, go ahead. what's your contact with Matt Barry in general? So, so Matt Barry, you know, I'd seen scant IT crowd here and there. Mm-hmm. I think in 2015, when this episode drops, I have little or no context for who matt barry is but mm-hmm. i am i am now a number one fan of what we do in the shadows the well, television the shadows, show obviously it crowd is uh, is usually the one that that people have seen him in or just uh-huh. like he had had his different and i know dark cameos. place i've seen a little toast yes. of london you know like yes. I, I i am i am 
somewhat familiar with Matt Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a world I need to explore more deeply. But but his performance as Laszlo on What We Do in the Shadows is... I mean, that it's show is, is unbelievable. That show is mm-hmm. so goddamn funny. And and he is exceptional, always. I, I don't feel like mm-hmm. I've ever seen him and be like, oh, I don't... <laughs> He's never been someone that you've been disappointed to see pop up on a screen. But exactly. what we do in the shadows, especially now, is a is a incredible use of him. And like uh, his whole ethos, his whole timing, his patter, like everything. Community 2, I think, gets a lot of really, really fun stuff out of him. I think they but know how you, to use him. They know how to absolutely. like run that track. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like there's something that unlocks on what we do in the shadows now that they can drop a full fuck in an episode mm-hmm. like he oh. they give it to him and he uses it like a fucking surgeon <laughs> he's like he's just, again that voice fuck. coupled with just his his line reads yeah. are just the most a it's the most gonzo choice that you can make period usually like yes. he's always taken the biggest possible swing ever mm-hmm. not but a subtle two, performer yeah it's, but it's also you you completely tell that it's like it's what works with him and it's what he's figured out i th- toast of london too especially i think you would really really like it's all a, it's all on netflix right now and it's another one where it's just like it's a lot of stuff that's kind of inside baseball sometimes like mm. with with the theater stuff with the british theater scene but just in general you can tell that it's just something that he really gives really really cares about in general and also cares enough about to just like completely nail it to the wall anytime that he can and does and it's so Absolutely. funny dark place too i think is another is another it's a sort of broader example of how he can work but it's it's another it's another great example of how a show can really love a genre or really love something specific to that era and then just be like, well, we can just do that now if we want. And then they did it. Because right. there's a lot of there's a lot of theme episodes. There's a lot of there's a lot of like behind the scenes interstitial stuff, which also kind of spawned its own weird like side universe, like side uh-huh. comedy universe with Richard Iowate and like all these other characters. Absolutely. Um, uh, but it's just great. It, I, at the time, I was very into British comedy, mm-hmm. and Dark Place. Dark Place was a show. Do you know anything about how it was aired in the U.S. at all? Oh, I. I mean, I wasn't even aware that it was aired in the U.S. I would assume it was buried at three a.m. on PBS. Well. <laughs> It's funny you say that because the first time I saw it, it was like, I want to say it was 2010 and it was on uh, Sifui or or Sci-Fi. Oh, of course, of course. But it was at 4 a.m. It was very, very late. And I thought it was a real show because when you, when you, when you start to watch it and when when you, Mm-hmm. If, if listeners haven't seen it, please Christ, seek it out. I think it's on Prime now. Yeah, I think Most it just it. dropped on Prime. It's on my it's on my list, but they just keep these they just keep throwing new shows mm-hmm. at me with like a like yes. a fucking discus thrower from like the first X Men movie when they're montaging like Cyclops oh, powers. Yes. Yeah, what it, it shows that like tw- that three minute thing to like oh here's how they became X. And it's like okay. I still like it's like okay you know I finally I just I finally watched Ted Lasso. And I finally uh-huh. caught up on Mythic Quest today. And then I'm like, well, shit. 
Squid Game. And then, okay, well, yeah. fuck, I've, I'm only two episodes into Foundation, and I've only watched one episode of Underground Railroad. And I was like, I just, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I've been trying to watch Foundation in, like, 20-minute chunks, like, in between, Maybe like, ideal. what I'm doing just around the house. It's just what I've been doing. It's just like I'll get to a certain point and just like, okay, I'll watch it until Lee Pace shows up and then I'll stop. And then I'll come back to it and be like, okay, well, now I'll just watch it until like, I'll watch Price whatever the up. Lee Pace sh- yes. part yeah, is. Yeah. Right, right, right. But Dark Place, Dark, but Dark Place 2 is, has such a weird, distanced relationship between like itself and an audience because uh-huh. when it aired it was kind of reviled by the people that were airing it because like they i, I think it was like bbc something Four, community was, fans know nothing about absolutely. you know like has no bearing to the show we are talking about and it's, of course and it's one of those it's one of those because it wasn't on like one of the main bbc's it was on one of their weirder ones and <laughs> um it was it's matthew holiness and richard iwate and matt barry and it's basically like a parody of it's like a Stephen King kind of guy mm-hmm. who's written all of these like chillers and then he tried to make a TV show in the 80s but they canned it after one season so the 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 general concept of the show is like everybody that was on the show has gotten together and they've reconstructed the episodes and they're going to finally show them to people with all these interviews but like I said I saw it at on the the hit of night on sci-fi and i thought it was a real show because it's made in such a way that you're like you're not quite sure if it's supposed to be funny but it's very funny and Uh it's very ineptly made in such a way that it's like like there's there's a lot of boom mics and jump cuts but it's all it's all deployed in the non-hacky like non- punching down sort of way Mm -hmm. so after a while i was like okay well i kind of i kind of get what this is going for like it's just a weird show there's this guy i haven't read any of these books i really want to now and then it just went away i never saw it again they just stopped airing it at 4 a.m for they burned off all the the episodes because there's there's only like eight to ten it's of a, made, i think it's, it's a it british television a show so it, yes and even they made four eight, seasons ten total episodes yes ten total episodes <laughs> it ran for it ran for 18 years yeah. um but one of the funnier things about it is that the creator matthew holiness has like openly said they're never going to put it on a dvd that americans can see they're never going to put it on a blu-ray they hate this they hate that they aired it and they hate that we made it and so they want to do whatever they can to make sure that nobody saw it but cut cut to like i think three or four years later adult swim gets the rights to it and then they finally show it properly Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I had seen it because I think they show it over a week and then they just kept recycling the episodes into their rotation. And then I realized like, oh, this is a this is an extra, this is a show. This is a bunch of comedians. And then I started kind of tracing the dots to like IT crowd, black books. A lot of mm-hmm. people from black books also are peppered through this. Um, but IT crowd was the main thing that that hooked me on to Barry. And then I found out, do you know anything about Matt Barry's music career? I recently, for what I mean, I don't, I, you know how computers are always watching us. I, I, I was recommended a Matt Berry mm-hmm. song at approximately mm-hmm. the time where I was like 
tweeting about and watching community episodes talking about that Matt featured Barry, Matt yeah. Barry. <laughs> talking about Matt. Saying the word Matt Barry out loud, it went into a uh, microphone. The microphone told Spotify. Mm-hmm. And so I was recently recommended a song of his, and I was like, mm-hmm. this is a classic, like, <laughs> British jam. This sounds and, like... And that's the thing. Like, you... I, I definitely kind of glommed onto him for his comedy, you know, his his very particular way of performing, just and the stuff that he seemed to think was funny within like Dark Place and Toast of London. Mm-hmm. But then I discovered this entirely separate but career basically that Matt Berry has as a musician. And I, I find out that he's incredibly talented. He's played every there's one record in particular, I think it's Opium or or Witch Hazel, one of his first two records, he played every single instrument. It's not, it's no session musicians. It's wow. just him in, in a studio layering tracks by himself. And he plays everything. And then he starts to make, he did a, he did a record here recently that's more of a joke record, but it's called Theme Tunes. And it's just him singing phonetically different theme tunes and like he does doctor who he does last of the summer wine and it's just literally him going and it's like vocal renditions of all of these theme tunes and then somebody asked him about it like why would you do that he's like oh yeah these were just all the tv shows that i watched whenever i was a kid and a teenager i thought it would be funny to just re-record all of their so so him him being announced that he was going to be in community really made me excited. And then when I finally watched the episode, I was like, Oh yeah, they absolutely get it. They know exactly how and why he's funny and they're mm-hmm. just going to let him do it. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a remarkably reserved performance from him. Yeah. It, did, it seems restrained by mm-hmm. the, the usual lengths you see Matt Berry go, but God, I do love, I do love an artist who just seems to follow their weird bliss wherever mm-hmm. that might take them you know and uh to a, to a certain degree like donald glover is another person like that where mm-hmm. he's like uh i'm gonna go do a tv show and it's kind of a comedy and it's also not like it's also devastatingly like, sad devastatingly <laughs> sad and fucked up and and societally relevant and uh also i'm gonna go do some music and the music is going to vary so wildly from album to album to album. I'm going to make, like, yes. a 90s rap throwback album. I'm going to make mm-hmm. an album of R&B that, like, my parents would have listened to, you know. And he just... I he, still think about that R&B album sometimes, and I'm like, he got away with that. He just did that. It's and it's com- incredibly It's completely unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's really, really I mean, good just, record. like, what a, what a phenomenal fucking record. And I just... I, I love someone that I can just, like follow if donald glover wrote a book i'm like sure i'll buy that book whatever whatever. okay so if that's what you think that i need to read then okay (laughs) then that's what i'll do but just in in my own kind of personal re-rediscovery of the show and especially finishing season five which is very much a transitional season but also one where it's them finding their legs again they're finding their joke rate again their patter and then season six which is them just kind of I'm I'm very anxious to see it all as one entity, but yes. this one in particular, just like going so hard on just like this is a big, heavy conceptual episode. It's going to be very odd in, in, in parts. So odd, it's going it's still... to be an homage to a movie 
that you probably have not thought about in a long time, if ever. It's going are, to star uh, characters actively hate. They they want, they like, hold I'm in contempt the movie. The episode is an homage to. I totally forgot that entire sequence where like they finally just say like, "Well, let's just watch the sting," and then they watch it, and then at the end they're just like, "Yeah, fuck that. I don't know What's what we were supposed to get going from on? that just construction. <laughs> we're just supposed to invest in a lot of construction." I guess, uh, and that whole runner with Elroy trying to just be like, "Well, he gets." He, I didn't like it when it was popular, and then trying to track why they're doing that, and also why they're doing everything in the first place as a study group. It's just, it's, it's a really, really good episode, and it works so shockingly well just as a contained, like 24, 28 minutes. Uh, For I don't, sure, I don't ever. No, Community Season 6 does, and I love it, obviously. I mean, listeners of the show have heard me talk about it endlessly. Uh, by the way, this is uh, the interview portion of Advanced Community Studies, and I'm, I'm once again joined oh, by... I did it again! I'm once again joined by a friend of the show, uh, Justin Partridge, who, if you remember his last appearance, we had to break it into a separate episode. Oh my god, I'm we... so sorry, guys. No, please. I'm so, so this so is, sorry. This is what they crave. This is what... We only have five episodes left, so, like, I think, you know, yeah, fans you of this show... Fans of the show, we're trying to wring the rag, like, everything we can get out of it. You know what I mean? How how much have you primed the pump of just pivoting fully into Lost? The, oh, God. Because I, mean, I was going to mention, I, I am also not... restarted Lost. Okay. Still fucking oh, Also excellent. <laughs> also fucking... So, like, I, I did a Lost rewatch that ended earlier this year. It took, like, a year and a half. Because I was, like, mm-hmm. doing other things. I feel um, like I remember this tensionally. it's uh, fucking spectacular. It's still so good. <laughs> it I was, is the like, thing about Lost. I, I finally convinced my wife to watch it because I and I and she she knew nothing about it completely, just wow. completely blank. Missed her completely. She was aware of it when it was on because ah, it was a phenomenon, no, right? And that's the thing. She was like, I remember like ads and stuff and seeing it in magazines, but I just never watched it. And I was like, Oh, honey, you are gonna fucking love it so we find we finally did sit down and watch it and we're we're two we're into season two i'm pretty sure it's the first i'm pretty sure it's the first andalusia episode too but while we're watching it i'm having the arc of going like fuck i remember this i remember that Uh, they're setting up all of this stuff i'm i'm remembering all the dynamics it's it's popping so well for me and she even was like this is this show I had no fucking idea. There's a monster, and there's hatches, and there's technology, and there's like a weird statue person because she's she's now started to to Google tinge stuff that like if she she gloms onto a character or if something kind of piques her interest, she'll Google it a little bit see. to see like pictures. So she's seen the Sobek. Cool. statue uh-huh. but she has no context for it right. she's seen she's seen the the beach where where the man in black and uh um, oh. what's his name from Jacob. supernatural who's from, from, from getting uh, mark uh, pellegrino uh-huh yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. famed genre actor mark, mark i mean two two of your finest journeyman television actors you know what i mean Absolutely. like i don't know i've seen those guys in like one movie but they've been on every mm-hmm. tv show <laughs> they've mm-hmm. been on, they... and even like the guy that played richard alpert fucking uh, Ma- Jeremy mayor Davey, batman when, when he pops up like oh she, she knows a... none of this stuff every everyone who's ever been actors. on deadwood you know That's like it's just that too 
and just like all of these I'm MC so, Gainey. Like, I'm so oh god, I'm so excited for MC Gainey <laughs> and like MC Jeff Fahey and like all of these Jeff character Fahey? actor royalties. Oh god, it's so good. But no, they just I, they hit stop coming. Don't stop coming. You everyone knows the Smash Mouth line. I'm Once again, to, to welcome book. back to Talking Lost. Where yeah, exactly. Spinning, Another six season uh, <laughs> excellent show. I I it's so long. There's a lot of it. Yes, and you know they're long episodes. Uh, it's all excellent. It's all good. And like, God, if you're not in on like the first like eight episodes of season one of Lost, and that's just like the strongest I've ever seen a television show. And that's the thing. She was like, <laughs> I had, I knew there was an island. Uh-huh. I knew they were fucking lost on it. I didn't know anything else. It just, uh-huh. it just, it just totally sucked her in, and it totally sucked me back in too. Just kind 100%. of the same way the community did. It's just like functional. There's something about it really that just strong. fucking goes. It just absolutely works. There's a there's a quality to just there's just a baseline, acting, writing, directing, mm-hmm. you know, production design quality to it that you're mm-hmm. like, this is just so watchable and enticing. And mm-hmm. even if I don't like, like, every decision they make, there's just something about... I feel like I trust this. You know what yes. I mean? Like, I, and the character dynamics are so strong that you're willing yeah. to just watch it because you're hanging right. out with your friends. You're, like, you're watching these people do stuff. And you're in, like, kind of community along... I, I truly love that every time we start to talk about this, we just immediately talk about Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Always. Good. But, but it being so infused within the genres that it's doing because mm-hmm. like lost does this constantly throughout its run it just veers wildly to in tone it does different genres in community especially in season six is kind of taking these bigger swings yeah. and this one just fully being like okay we're gonna do altman we're gonna do hard case crime <sighs> we're gonna do like we're gonna do all of these weird spinner rack paperbacks about grifters that we all liked and i also forgot this is a ryan ridley script that's right i'd, for, I'd, I'd forgotten that ridley at this point was writing full episodes he, right because he because like rick and morty season one is out mm-hmm. at this point and i think so and ridley i guess you know he's on season one of rick and morty obviously and you can mm-hmm. hear him as well as as uh, uh, hear his words but you hear him speak many times and he must have just, I mean, he's ingratiated himself into into that mm-hmm. fold, you know? Uh, the harmonious clap trap he's, per- he's got a perfect cartoon voice. He really does. He, There's just a quality. Got, <laughs> and I had forgotten that he's in the tag, too, as the guy from Jeff's gym. Exceptional. The tags of and, the season and it's are yet, on another level. Just, that's part of the reason that I'm very excited for, for this one, because one of the 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 true joys of rediscovering season five was how good those tags were for sure and, the, and I, we obviously love troy but when troy leaves the end oh, tags I, I wept again adapt the end tags mm-hmm. like have to they know they have to transform so they transform into this completely untethered like yes sub narrative and especially okay. on the yahoo season where they don't have like run times to meet mm-hmm. it's like here's a two minute end tag it's the trailer yes. for portuguese gremlins <laughs> mm-hmm. yes <laughs> or like even they because they even start to do it i forgot about the kugler trailer being uh, a the full tag of yep. season of season five or the uh the lavar burton and troy last tag where he he asks all his questions so about good. star trek 
there was another really good one. I meant to write it down, but it was just like them them just like, taking the biggest possible swings, but also still being the show in Completely. general with these new characters, even still. Because I I'd forgot, or I knew that Frankie kind of shows up a little bit in season five, um, as the she has like an ancient uh windows like that yeah that, that the computer oldest is one computer the, for an it lady visual gags. <laughs> I, I love the, and she's just surrounded by like empty banks and just like uh-huh. the unplugged banks. so funny that's so good but it's but it just like totally just folding her and elroy completely into their own dynamic and also building out everybody else is like the fact that yep. Abed is now still Abed, but he's a lot more assertive. And the fact that Annie is now just fully embracing her own chaos, which is hysterical. Absolutely. And, and Britta in a weird Fred Perry capped sleeve, which I thought was a very good look for her. Yes. Um, but it's just like, it's such a, it's so refreshing to, or it's, it's really heartening to me to kind of see that the show itself is still good and it's still like the show that I really loved, mm-hmm. even if I was kind of feeling a little bit burned out on it at the time. For sure. And it, I think a lot of community fans who were like watching as it happened, I've talked mm-hmm. to a lot of people where that happened, where it's like mm-hmm. just the the up How and down roller coaster yeah. nature of constantly feeling like you you have to save this show. You mm. personally, with your own two hands, yes, have to save absolutely. this show. I think it wore everybody down. So by the time mm. they got to Yahoo Screen, I think a lot of people lost a lot of juice, which is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, so there's a couple a couple pins I'm going to try and hit on the way back. Lost is definitely a show I want to do a podcast about. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to do some shorter stuff first. You know what I mean? Like, things that are yeah. not a full six-season commitment Mm because lost has like 120 some odd episodes or something and even if you did two a week that's another like over a year you also have like eu stuff you've got the video game yeah oh lost via domus which we gotta do i've actually Uh, never played it i really really want to you shouldn't don't play it uh (laughs) you should not it's a terrible game i my friend who watched lost for the first time during quarantine and we did a we did a special like bonus podcast about that on this feed if anybody wants to listen this, to that. this is what i think I, i'm pretty sure i've heard this yeah and and he watched it for the first time he loved it uh, which is great and uh but he did like a stream where he started playing that video game and he was like this is this is unplayable i mean you have to either like pirate it or find an old like xbox 360 someone else someone else played it and you can just watch it or yeah like i think else. watching it on youtube watch like a hundred percent run of Las via domus it will take like two hours like it's barely a game it's like it's some indie game the movie shit it's barely a game oh, and it yeah it just makes me want to play it more i'm yeah. so sorry it just okay makes me well play it i understand I, I actually i do understand that i love a <laughs> bizarre cast off piece of terrible pop cultural ephemera i love a bad 100%. idea that that yes. is now yes. preserved in the era of hindsight i don't like it when it's Me happening too. but i love there hindsight. Are a, there are a couple of doctor who games that are like that they made they made like three or four weird adventure games yeah. during the matt smith era that you that you could get for free if you lived in britain and you can like download them from the from the, Came the, in the BBC mail website with samples yes. of Tide. and the last uh, time i saw them this is no bullshit i 
this was in the before times, obviously. Uh, I was at a Walmart and I saw that they had a pack of them packaged with something else that was like some other license. I think it was like the fucking Independence Day video game or something. Something, It was something weird. And I wanted so bad to buy it, but I was like, if I just buy this, I'm not going to have a place to install it. So I'm just going to have this weird stack of 10 discs that I can't play. Right. I mean, that is, and, and unfortunately, that is the difference between you and me, where like, I would absolutely with no space to put it and no way to play it. Grab it immediately. I'm just like, I'm sorry, I have I must possess this. And and as someone who recently moved, I've come to like regret all of the all of those Absolutely. like novelty yeah, yeah, yeah. purchases. That is always a that's always a very, very sobering day Why do when I you start to immediately this? get it and you're like, I don't I don't remember anything you about You see your whole this. life like in front of you, like, is this it? Is this yeah. is this what I've done? Uh, yeah. is this that the book I own that is an adaptation of Joss Whedon's X-Men written by Peter David. Is that, I'm, is this worth schlepping to, to and I it was. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I it. Have. It's over there. Um, that See, that would, that would also be something that I would immediately had to buy. Keep, had to like, keep. You I'm, know, like, am I ever going to, I'm reaching behind me to my bookshelf, am I ever going to reread Soul Searchers and Company Written by Peter David, drawn by Amanda Connor. Am I ever going to oh, reread wow. this? Probably not. It is unavailable anywhere else. So, like, I, almost as a historian, I have Rightfully, to hold on to I this book. It be. I, I, I have to preserve this for future generations. My um, whole thing is, especially with like my my dismembered boss, I'm like, anything you don't want, fucking pack it in a box and send it my way because I will definitely want it. <laughs> please give me your crap. Give yeah. me your give me your useless, tossed off pop culture. I'll feel very feel very Griffin Newman in that way. I'm like, send oh, it yeah, to me. Absolutely. I'll take I'll also, take whatever horse also, shit. Like, but like you said, there's a curation element to it where you're just like, I now have this. Where at some point, if I ever get low enough, I am the I librarian. Can go to a shelf. Christ. Yeah, you, exactly. I I truly cannot imagine what kind of. I don't even know if it's a lateral move or a downward move to have Peter David be adapting Joss Whedon's comic book. <sighs> that just feels I like. Can't. Uh, what is uh, Leonard I know about your nose job it was a lateral move you know like it's really just like I mean I guess as far as I know I mean I'm not here to rank (laughs) crimes but like as far as I know Peter David has not like sexually assaulted anyone you know what i mean like as far as i know it's a two-way tie for last but yeah exactly like who am i who am i to pick either whoever wins we lose you know alien versus predator literally um but but it's predator versus predator um and um but anyway and yeah and 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 lost and community both six season television shows both each season has a distinct identity Oh, each, one million each season percent. has a distinct like you watch a season of Lost and you're like, okay, this is the Hatch season, this is mm-hmm. the Others season, this is the Freighter season, this is the time travel season, mm-hmm. and this is the weird uh, final season. You know, like it, it has a distinct identity. And Community season mm-hmm. six, the thing that I can kind of think of to to compare it to is like it feels like Spike 
from Cowboy Bebop where it's like a show that's like I shouldn't be alive right now. <laughs> I should I should I should not be I should not exist. Currently. It's like an entire season of victory laps at one hundred percent. So it's and like even... fuck it, we're gonna do whatever we want. We're gonna do a crazy <laughs> lawnmower man VR episode. We're gonna do <laughs> Like, we're going to do the Sting homage episode, and that's what we're going to do. It's, and it feels like the jokes... I, the one the one major thing I was really struck with watching the episode, especially because fin- I finished five, and then mm. I realized that I wasn't going to have time to watch up till Grifting, so I was just like, okay, I'll just skip to Grifting, and I'll come back to season six uh, uh, in a little bit. And I was just struck at just how completely different it looks visually. Like it just it looks it looks far sharper and it looks far deeper just in terms of shot composition, but not in such a way that like breaks it or it's not in such right. a way that makes it feel because I kind of felt that way in the transition between three and four two, in the yes. opposite way where it becomes a little too slick and it becomes like there there are moments where it's like it, they it, sanded the edges off. Yes. It's yeah, like 100%. they put and they did, you know, not visually, but like kind of conceptually put the like smeary soap opera filter mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, and it looks it looks kind of generic and it looks kind of like definitely definitely a little too saturated. Mm-hmm. And then it again it shifts in from going to four to five and it shifts back in the, the better direction. And then it feels like, especially into six, not only, like you were saying, it gets more conceptually, kind of more loopy, it gets more specific in its humor, but also it just seems like at this point they definitely know what the show is supposed to look like and what Greendale especially is supposed to look like visually. And now they they finally have the the leeway and, and budget. I mean, probably in order to do it finally. <laughs> so it looks, it finally looks like the cartoonish kind of slightly like heightened version okay. that you, you, you feel like they're, they're slapping at in the first three seasons, but it just feels like uh, this is finally what it's supposed to look and sound like. Absolutely. And it, it always feels defined. It doesn't feel slapdash. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it feels thoughtful even if i don't always know the thought process or mm-hmm. you know whether or not their actual ideas are what i am seeing on screen it feels purposeful and, and directed mm-hmm. in in that way um and I, I i i mean listeners of the show have heard me go on about this season over and over again but there's just some there's a something about it in in its many different things working together right like as much as i am sad to see um Donald Glover and Yvette Nicole Brown leave the show for mm. various reasons. Like, I mean, Paget Brewster and Keith David are here and they and bring, they really are throwing heat and like, they get, they really, and you seem like they, they seem to really get it. Like they understand the, a, the position that they're being put in They're They're filling, they're filling out the rest of the study group. People, it's the show itself. The show itself has been in a lot, and been in a lot of transition. The cast itself is in a lot of transition. The writers' really? room is always in flux, and it just seems like they, David especially, even though Paget is is uh, just 
Hey, first, I would like to buy her an incredible pasta dinner. Yeah, just I would take Patrick Brewster out for please, a pasta dinner. I would a please, real nice let, pasta dinner. Please, please, please let me ask you about your uh, your upright citizens team and let me buy and let me buy oh, you uh, God, pasta please. dinner. Let me ask you about uh, Andy Richter and controls the universe. Yes, well, yeah. We'll have also, a, like, we'll have a delicious uh, pasta dinner. And and also like you're also you've been on Broadway like at least a dozen times like you're, you're literal royalty. Another one but of those I'll, people that you're like mm, she can probably do it all I guess. And incredibly talented and just I, like it makes no big deal about it. It's just like she shows up, she performs, she can do everything. She can casually she, be on 200 episodes of Criminal Minds. <laughs> yeah, and that, that too. And then she also was on a CBS procedural for nearly a decade. And then she'll uh, just like pop up and narrate a drunk history segment. You know, like, yeah, once, and, you yeah. know, like, and, oh, so insane. She'll hit it all. David, David, I think, especially kind of understands Elroy's narrative function. Not, not only just comedically, but I also feel like they like you said earlier they really really define everything to the sharpest possible point in season six and it just seems like i don't know i just i think i'll feel this way kind of watching it from the very beginning again but it just feels like they it's just victory laps they finally have the, the the room and the and kind of the creative space to do what they really really wanted to do and what they wanted to do was the guy from jeff's gym and like an entire thing about the sting and like all of these weird it feels like you know they are finally out from underneath the thumb of yes the sony pictures corporation or or nbc you know Mm -hmm. they are finally out from underneath that no one is watching them it feels like they're getting away with something it feels, mm. it feels like they yeah. they know they've like tricked <laughs> everyone yes. into giving them this season giving them the a slightly perform- higher budget you know yes. like letting them run wild and it seems like it's definitely translated well into their performances too like it feels like there there is no pressure to really be not only community but also be the successful thing for nbc Mm -hmm. and for sony and you can really tell that like these are now finally it's not like they're flippant because like you said they're like the stories are very defined or the stories are very directions and the jokes are too but it's also Mm -hmm. it seems like now they don't have to sweat doing conceptual episodes or they don't have to sweat doing or they don't have to at least like prepare for a fight to do all of the stuff that they really, really want to do. And it just seems like everybody performance wise, they just, they feel it. And it comes through really, really well into, especially in like even the, uh, Mikhail's performance, that bit in the, in the, the, the cafeteria when they they've they've realized that the, that the yeah <laughs> what it's just like all of this fun stuff it's just like you're just like yeah there was a time in which joel McHale was an incredible lead of a ensemble television show and was able to just like comfortably be confident and funny and charming and not also worry about like oh what's my four quadrant appeal or what's what am i going to do now what is this going to lily pad me into like features and stuff it just feels really it feels so easy in season six yes it feels it feels breezy i think everyone is kind of just i think there is 
a feeling that is across at least the cast, probably the writers, that they're like, there's probably not going to be any more of this. There's, yes. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. is probably it. And like several members of the main cast film other pilots in the middle of this season. You mm-hmm. know, Ken filmed Dr. Ken. Danny Pudi filmed Powerless. Oh, you know, God, like. I forgot about Powerless. Those are Dr. all happening. Ken. I feel like Allison and Gillian at this point have already lined up their respective Netflix <laughs> shows. You and know. also is. Scream 5 is also around this time, right? Or Scream, is it 5? Is it 4? Or 4, it's 4. Scream 5 is the one that's coming out. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, sorry, uh, Scream uh, Ghostface no, fans. The Wes Craven, my, the, the Craven, Craven heads are, they're fucking. Actually, losing. my wife just came in and was just like, no, come on. That's, Discuss, there's, there's, only, there's only four me. Scream movies. That's, it's like, that's what would the, the what would the, what letter would the 5 even take a place <laughs> of, huh? You know, but you yeah, ever think about I, that? Uh, that's something I didn't even think of that they're def- that they're hopping from like different thing to different thing also while doing this wrap up season to community. But yeah, it definitely it kind of feels like there is kind of a, an air of finality to it, but then that also it just seems to make them more almost like Almost like they're just like, okay, well now we can just leave it on the floor. We don't have to. We don't have to worry about leave it all on the court. Like, you know, like... we just—it's us and the audience, and like that's it. So if we can and, make us laugh and we can make the audience laugh, that's what we're gonna do. And and Yahoo Screen, you know, because there's all these points where it's like between every season, you know, there's all this pressure. Like you need to grow the audience. Like your rabid fan base is fine, but it is minimal. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, it is not, you're not bringing in the numbers we need you to bring in, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, there's all that pressure. And I feel like when you're jumping from NBC Thursday nights to Yahoo Screen on Tuesday, mm-hmm. you maybe realize that that pressure no longer exists. You mm-hmm. don't feel the need to, uh, it's like the best comedy show you've ever done, or maybe even the best one you've ever seen, was not friday night at the comedy cellar it was tuesday at 11 p.m in a basement somewhere where Mm -hmm. where no one feels the pressure and everyone is just having the time of their lives you know Mm -hmm. and and everyone from the audience to the cast is just completely on the same page of like this we are just gonna cut loose and we're mm-hmm. gonna leave it all out here and no one is getting a new job off of what we're doing here yeah absolutely and it's like you said there's there's little to no expectation for this season especially and it just it feels so for them but also it's just like the after an entire production schedule or an entire like production cycles of also being shuffled and being on the bubble and being like you have a gun to your head every single year us and the cast and the crew and just like is it coming back is uh, is this the last time we're going to do it we need to make sure that this episode at least feels like a finale so if it does get cut off at the knees we have sort of a satisfying thing and now it's just like fuck it we're online we can do whatever we want there's no real expectation i mean really because i don't know if they would even did like audience metrics or any sort of like rating metrics for it for allegedly i mean like all of these online streaming platforms their data is so dicey because they are Mm -hmm. not unlike all of television which is required to release metrics whether you know who knows how good they are but like Mm -hmm. they're required to release viewership numbers for every hour of the day 
streamers you don't hear from them unless netflix is like 40 million people yes there's something specific our that they newest need to, to crow piece about. of crap that no one <laughs> know you know saw but 40 million people they saw and mm-hmm. uh you know and 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 uh i i believe those numbers as far as i can throw them you know what i mean and, yeah. because they can just say them they can just yeah, say absolutely. but yeah, allegedly it's, it's sugar and water you can't mm-hmm. you can't hold on to it but it just like it just uh, seemed yeah. like again i'm i'm very very excited to see mm-hmm. all of season six as as a as a cohesive block yeah but it just all it seemed like this one in particular was just like here's what we think is funny here's the things that we're gonna make we're gonna be making fun of and that's you can either get on board or you can't we've got matt barry and he's really funny but it's also this is what we're doing and that's it (laughs) we're community so we didn't book you know the biggest comedy star of the day we booked matt barry because we Mm -hmm. like matt barry and that's the way we do business over here allegedly yahoo was like yeah tens of millions of people are watching community every Mm. week um i don't know again who knows about these numbers but allegedly (laughs) like you know net uh, when it was when the show was on nbc it was like bottoming out at like two million people Mm -hmm. and then yahoo was like actually tens of millions of people are watching it all the time um it didn't save community or yahoo screen because then i also i feel like i remember that narrative even then shifting further to just like oh well now community is so expensive it's now killed the very thing that that hosted it and we, we talked about this a little bit last that last episode. I really don't feel like you can kind of put that on you community's All feet. Community <laughs> did was not make Yahoo Screen. Because it's not as if Yahoo Screen was an established platform that we mm. all used. When Community arrives on Yahoo Screen, it has two shows. It has uh, other space the Paul oh, Feig wow. Star Trek yeah. pastiche, and it has, of course, Sin City Saints, the show where Malin Ackerman <laughs> manages a Las Vegas basketball team. Of, two shows that two shows that no one your has favorite, ever seen. Your favorite and mine, City yeah. Sin City Sin, Saints. Sin City Saints. You, I mean, you don't got to tell me about Sin City Saints, and it, <laughs> like it, it when Community arrives. It, though, that is all that Yahoo Screen has to offer. And yes, it is a free <laughs> platform, but like, come on. Um, no one is going to Yahoo and is using their online video service. The only people that did were either A, critics who needed to review these shows. Screeners, or, yes. Or B, community fans. And so <laughs> all community did was not make Yahoo Screen. It's not as if you could even save it because there was nothing to save. It was mm-hmm. it's, all community did was not build it into a juggernaut because of course it didn't because like you need you need more than that the the, the last or the like the last ish season of a cult hit that never ever put, topped out at cult right. hits you didn't buy Big Bang Theory you bought Community and and so you got what you paid for and you know i'm endlessly thankful to yahoo screen for giving us this final season that you can now Mm -hmm. watch on hulu or netflix or amazon prime Mm -hmm. much more successful online video services Mm -hmm. but it it i mean community was never going to like when like when netflix said we're doing arrested development season four netflix Mm -hmm. had other shows 
Like, at that point, you could watch mm-hmm. Orange is the New Black on Netflix. At that point, you could watch yeah, and, Hemlock Grove on Netflix. Yes, and it already, like, kind of gathered that sort of, like, awards cash and that sort of, like, kind of, like, prestige. Like, exactly. Uh, Netflix was getting Emmy noms by the time Arrested Development Season 4 arrives on Netflix. And Yaku Screen never did. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's not. the thing. I just, I'd never really connected those dots before where it's just like I I because as a just from my point of view, I absolutely got Yahoo screen because they had community. Okay. I had no other, I had no other directive other than that or had no other interest in Yahoo screen other oh, than it was the thing. It was the thing I needed to watch community. Every week. It was the website for my burner email. <laughs> website for the email i used for facebook you know it wasn't even like my primary email it was the dump email oh god that's so damning i mean i'm sorry third email it wasn't even my like real email it was it right because like at the point where yahoo's screen is dropping i had primary gmail and i had my Mm -hmm. student email in college Mm -hmm. so yahoo was my third most important Gee. email. Wow. That and is... they had community on the email. That is uh, Community was on my email. I mean, I'm sorry, Yahoo. To me. But honestly, it's just like watching... Because, again, we talked about it a little bit last episode, but just I, I was always very much kind of pushing towards a full rewatch eventually. And I yeah. knew that I knew that I was probably going to try to at some point and that I just kind of backed into it. But this it just, show was it, mine. This podcast was my rewatch. Yeah, my long absolutely. Overdue. I absolutely understand that. But it's just like it, it was been it's been so nice to kind of just rediscover that, like, just at its base level as a show it's still so funny and it's still so charming and dearing to me and that this this episode in particular was just a a like a tremendously strong example of how good it can be with other x factors like them folding in Patrick Brewster and Keith David and Matt Berry plus all these other like genre riffs and make very specific jokes about one very specific movie. And also the, what is the, the joke about the John Cusack movie that Abed also says, the grifters has, and contains, yeah, has, has uh, <laughs> shockingly little grifting. Yeah. All of these weird, like the, the matchstick men jokes and the, all of the, that whole sequence at the very end where they're just they're just introducing more briefcases into the grift and they're not putting more layers of like material into it nope and then also my favorite probably my favorite reveal and something i'd completely forgotten that they all just like assume that that jeff knows about grifting oh jeff is going to be this great grifter and then like at the when do you think i went off and planned he just fully puts it on the table like i have no fucking idea what i'm doing guys i don't when when was i supposed to write an entire grift that you guys were not part of and then set it up (laughs) like that's just so funny and and just like a really really good example and extrapolation of where these people are now in within mm-hmm. the the sphere of the show like it doesn't it doesn't make too much of a meal out of like where their positions are what their statuses is within greendale it just kind of just puts them in a situation lets them be funny and then grafts the genre stuff on top of it absolutely and you know this kind of hits at this weird moment in the season where you know i'm not trying to color your 
rewatch too much, but I think the first half of season six is pretty fucking unassailable. I think it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's hit after hit after hit after hit. It's mm-hmm. so good. And then there's kind of this weird three episode patch where there's just kind of like, it's kind of riffing. Just kind of doing some mm-hmm. weird, some weird stuff mm-hmm. before they absolutely knock it out of the park with like the last three, just like mm-hmm. banger, banger, banger on the way out. There's kind of, it's just this weird, like you did 90% of a project, you went on vacation and now you're coming back to like finish it off or something like that. I don't, I can't think of like a two days. <laughs> right. It's, it's like, I don't know, you're Robert Zemeckis and you filmed most of Castaway, and then you need to go away because Tom Hanks is, needs to lose a bunch of weight. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. you come back and then you knock out the rest of Castaway. Like, I don't know. That's just how, know. that's just the weird way it feels to me. And my memory of it just as airing, I remember being really pleased with it and just in terms of like it's comedy and it's motions i remember being like really really into it i'm excited to kind of get back detail stuff definitely but i think the larger beats i remember being very pleased with and i'm I'm probably i feel like i'm gonna get it even more so now just with that kind of distance between it a little i think a little putting a little less pressure on this Mm -hmm. season is wise when reviewing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, considering all the extenuating circumstances regarding cast and considering uh, the, as we discussed, this sort of like show that is in its afterlife, (laughs) this Mm -hmm. show that is beyond death, (laughs) like (laughs) is so unconcerned with death at this point, it has embraced its soon death. And so will, will now live as it chooses. I kind of feel like it's, and I got I kind of got this sense a little bit in season five. It's just like we're we're no longer on borrowed time. We're we get to just kind of do what we get to do for ourselves and our characters, and we're going to try to put everybody in a place that's pleasing enough to where if we don't get any more, then we're fine. And I I finished that today. I was like, wow, I, I guess I really forgot how, how kind of like this, especially the, the last two of season five are a little squiffy. And yeah. it's, no it's one's def- favorite episodes. I don't, I don't and, think. And I totally forgot about all of this, like the weird, the gold computers, like the fact that the, that the school council guys have like full arcs now. And like, it's, it's very weird, but I just remember I, I felt like I felt then I was just like, Oh wow. Like if I never got any more, that would probably be okay. And then I jumped forward to this one in season six and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is when they just kind of throw everything at the wall because they can. And and then that's how they end the show. Community in season six is the old man with terminal lung cancer. And it's like, what you want me to stop smoking now? Like it's not, I'm not going to, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want at this what stage. A, what a ghoulishly apt. I mean, I was, they're like, I'm going to die. I'm going to smoke a movie. Like, but no, I'm genuinely, I'm really excited to try to see, to try to see it all as one complete, complete block. And, and even good. just it's a good watch. And even again, just like I'm, even if it comes back or if it does, if it doesn't, or if they have a movie or another like six or eight episodes or whatever. I just, I think I'm cool with it. I'm glad that I now am reconnected to it in a way that's both beneficial and pleasing to me instead of it being like, 
it being a responsibility or it being something that I feel like I have to do for to invest in its survival. Exactly. Now you can enjoy it as television. Now you mm-hmm. you can just enjoy it as a story, mm-hmm. not something you have to like emotionally invest in beyond the traditional way you would emotionally invest in a, in a television show. You can you mm-hmm. can watch it the way you watch a regular television show. And I think that is only beneficial to uh, to this season. And, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, hey, if we get that movie, you know, fantastic. Excellent. Absolutely. And if we don't, show ends really good. Yeah, I still have the TV show. I still It have ends the, on a and... really good note. I think, you know, I'm okay. I'm at peace. If the mm. hashtag never comes to fruition. that's And that's exactly where I have to be. Because I think anything else uh, below or above that is just detrimental to me. And like, <laughs> what? So, I'm sorry. What movie could possibly live up to... We, we the, said this last the, time. The expectations that we are currently investing in it. That's not... Yeah, especially can't. a comedy. You can't put mm. pressure on a comedy. Like... Make me laugh. This better be worth it. That's not yeah. gonna. No one's gonna enjoy that process. And and also regather these characters that we haven't seen in in eight to ten years. Between or actually, and you're gonna knock this out little... in ninety minutes. Like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna like cover all this ground, and it's gonna be like a good movie. I mean, like it's not impossible. Like I have. I mean, I'm sorry to invoke him, but I have seen Serenity, and it's a pretty good movie. It's, um, I mean, it's pretty functional. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, I haven't seen the Veronica Mars or Psych movies, but I hear good things about what The Veronica there. Mars movie, especially, and that, that newest season of Veronica Mars, is very good. Like, yeah. shockingly good and self-aware. But and I'm, I'm just, like, I'm okay, honest... if we get Party Down Season 3, I'm like, okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I that's guess awesome. so. Yeah, that's the next. That's the next pinata that we have to crack open in terms of TV comedy. I think but they on... like announced it, but I I believe that shit when I see it. I and believe they... in Party Down season three when I can watch it. <laughs> when I can, yeah, turn it on somewhere. It's the New DVD Mutants movie. My... I'm like, I believe that the New Mutants movie exists when I see it. Oh, you, otherwise, you cannot prove to me that the New Mutants movie Oof, existed. That's a whole other that they actually spaghetti. filmed it. You know what I mean? Um, but thank you man i appreciate i, I genuinely oh, so doing this always. doing this in particular is is very cool to me just because this is like i said my favorite community podcast um but which also, is actually like ge- saying something because it's just a hundred there's thousand there are it's, it's the same thing with doctor who it's just like there's only oh, there are like God, nine billion doctor who podcasts. cannot imagine but it's just like coming back to it and being so fond of it again is genuinely it makes me really happy just because of where i left it and because of like what i was feeling whenever it was wrapping up its tv run and it just it's it's been very nice to not only watch them and get the same kind of comfort and laughs and stuff out of it but also then to come here and also have a a a genuinely like good and beautiful discussion about this one thing that doesn't have to be like well how can we turn this into surviving it or how can we turn this into now some sort of like activism to to make sure that we get more all right so we're all gonna meet outside of 30 rockefeller center (laughs) with our fake beards and we're gonna we're gonna tell them to save community we're gonna mail a bunch of peanuts to cbs viacom I love that stuff and I'm so happy that it's worked for people and for that sure. it's given people it's given people a sense of meaning and it's given people a sense of uh, uh, 
I, I was trying to say something other than community, but community. Um, it's, but it's just like I can't, I can't invest my sort of fandom into that anymore because it doesn't get me anything. It doesn't net me I'm anything. Old. Of, and I can't think of this stuff as a job anymore. I can't. No. Like, I, Even I can't. though, like, kind of for you, it is a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, And it's that's definitely something that I've always kind of struggled with yeah. and just in general. But just, like, I can't. The stuff that I like has to just be the stuff that I like, and it yes. can't be work. It can't be. Because if it is, then, like, I'm always working, and I, I cannot do that. To myself. No, you have to clock off. You have to you have to be able to punch out. You have to switch off. You know, hot mm-hmm. and you you like listen. I really enjoy, you know, what we do in the shadows, Mythic Quest, Ted Lasso, you name it. If mm-hmm. they stopped existing, I would continue to exist, and I would be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I can't be college me you know so emotionally invested in yes. the future of community i'm i'm old i'm old and, now so like tv like, shows get not, canceled <laughs> and and also not every single thing that you consume has to be content it doesn't have to be right. then transmuted into something else to to then kind of expel outward or to kind of express outward or internalize in some way that that gets something else tangible like i can't i can't think of stuff right. like I'm, that i'm anymore. very proud of myself that i'm like i am reading one piece and i am not doing a podcast just reading i am this. not doing a thread on twitter i am just mm. reading one piece and every so often thing. i'll when, post a panel you know what i mean i have i have so many of these hard case crime books and i'm finally just like i'm just going to read them I, if I if I review them sometimes, or if I review one of them that I particularly like, totally that's fine with me. I just got to read them because if I don't, they're just going right. to sit here and it's going to do me no good, and it's going to make me feel like a failure that I've got all these books that I haven't read. So I have to just do them, okay. and it's, it's it's been very rewarding and like oddly enriching for me to just like because I mean you hear that shit all the time where it's like oh yeah writers got to read and you're like fuck you I don't got to read anything and then you go for a while not reading something and you're like oh yeah i don't remember any words or i don't know how to i don't know how to like formulate a sentence but if i see them somewhere mm-hmm. then maybe i can remember yes good yeah it's but it's all been I, I guess I, I genuinely appreciate you asking me to do this uh, and and to like i i appreciate you guys kind of giving me this show back just in general it's yeah. been it's been very sweet to kind of rediscover it on my own and through you guys so i i really appreciate that yeah of course it's been uh, great for myself as a host of the show to like rekindle that <laughs> and then yeah everyone like like guests like yourself or people that have never and will never be on the show but like i get to interact with or i know exist because i see numbers and i'm like this many mm-hmm. people are experiencing what you're saying yeah, absolutely and they are enjoying it without saying anything to me which is a perfectly <laughs> fine way to exist if you're listening thank you for not bothering me you can bother me if you want to but like thank you um anyway uh justin you're a great friend of the pod tell the people where they can find you find your work uh if they so choose I'm uh, right now. I'm at Dismembered Online. It's a it's a horror website. It's kind of up and coming. I actually uh, this week I'm going to start covering uh, Nightstream, the the film festival, and I'm also going to be covering uh, the new Chucky television show, which I'm very very excited about. 
Uh, I'm also at the Collinsport Historical Society, where uh, you can read about Dark Shadows. Uh, I'm a little bit behind on my audio reviews there, but I'm going to be starting back up again uh, with one of the Marilyn Ross uh, novels. Uh, yeah, so it's just like it's all horror all the time for spooky season, basically. That's right. We are we are in the thick of it. This episode will drop on Tuesday, October 19th, an important day for <laughs> community fans everywhere. Um, and uh, yes, thank you once again for joining. Uh, a pleasure as always. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.